Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter and joining me, uh, well, not as always, Matt's not here this week, unfortunately. Oh, you nearly forgot. What, really? I didn't forget, I was intentionally doing a bit. Mm, no, 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 that 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 felt like a, you were saving that. Or, or I just did it so well that I have you tricked into thinking it was a genuine thing. No, I, so- I know when you're doing a bit. I was doing a bit there. I mean, you, you could d- d- decide for yourself all you want. I don't really care. But I was doing a bit. Connor's here, in case you didn't hear those screechy ginger tones from across the the, the speaker. I wonder, does ginger come across on audio? <sighs> like, can you tell? Or is it like, oh shit, he's ginger? No, but that's what makes you scarier. You never, you never know. That's part, part of the fear. Um, so yeah, we talk about DC Comics on this show. And coming up on this week's show, we actually have a really big show. Matt, Matt was here for all the quiet weeks. And the reason why all the weeks this month were quiet and then this month's so big is because at least two or three of these books were delayed from previous weeks. So coming up on this, this week's show, uh, we have Batman Superman issue one, which is a, obviously our big new number one of the, the, the week. Although, funnily enough, this was also a delayed issue. This was maybe like week one or two. Uh, until I got pushed for whatever reason. Although it's it's consistently staying at this week now, I think, for the, the rest of the issues. So it, it it's not so much... That, I mean, it technically got delayed, but it's more like they just changed their mind as to what part of the month they want it to be in. So they just moved yeah, it. I think that is more likely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got Action Comics 1014, Wonder Woman 77, Superman 14, which was delayed, uh, The Flash 77, Justice League 30, which was also delayed, uh, Batgirl 38, Justice League Dark 14, Dial H for Hero number 6, and Batman Curse of the White Knight issue 2 are the books we're going to be talking about. Uh, you might notice the absence of the Terrifics that came out this week. Um, Connor's not been reading that anyway, uh, so that's on me. Basically, there was too many books. Uh, I, also owe, I also owe a Patreon book. I will do that next week when there's less books. Because uh, I, I cut Terrifics because I had 10 books, and I still you know I still had 9. So, yeah. um, do, you, uh, do you know what I'm going to say? Yes. I'm glad Doomsday Clock got pushed one extra week. Not oh, sure. not like you know, recently, but you know the last time it got pushed. Yeah. Otherwise, that one on this week would have been. I mean, I'd have loved it a little bit because Matt would have had to miss it, and <laughs> there's a little bit of just you know, sweet in that. But yeah, and yeah, it's it, much nicer. If you don't recall from last week, Matt's uh, absence was was known and planned. He's back next week. Uh, you you'll get your your. Your bear quota next week. Yes, he will be ranting about Doomsday Clock with yes. the rest of us. Is Doomsday Clock next week? I, I, I've uh, I believe so. Uh, I mean, let, let me double check now that I've said that. I was under the impression it was next week. Well, we'll find out at the end. We'll look at Diamond, but I mean. I'm going to check now because uh, you got me worried and I need to know. <laughs> There's a lot of D's. Doomsday Clock. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um,. Did he not do a top five? <laughs> I'm just not. Matt's, Matt sent me some. Uh, thought he picked the art. He picked moment and cover. Did he do ratings? He's got. He's got some ratings. Yeah. We're gonna. We're, we're gonna extrapolate off his ratings. Yeah. It, well, that's the thing. He read one, two, three, four. He's read five books. Now, presumably because he, he's he's got busy stuff to do today, so he he got five in before today. Yeah. Um. Because. And it's not like he's dropped all the other books because, you know, Action Comics isn't in this list. Oh, no, it is, actually. But, I mean, <laughs> it's not like he's dropped Wonder Woman, which is not in this list. 
So no, not yet. Yeah. Uh, when Orlando comes, we'll <laughs> we'll renegotiate that. But so <laughs> he, he got through five books before we we he had to send these in, um, and he has rated them fairly positively from a glance. He's got some par. I'm shocked. He's got a sentence or two for each one. I'll read those when we get to get to the relevant uh, books. But uh, so Matt sent in, sent in some thoughts. Uh, so we'll get to those later. We've got a little bit of news uh, before we before we get to the books. Um, but yeah, we do have a little bit of a chatty chat before we we get to usually now though. So, uh, Connor, how's your uh, your week been? Um, not the worst actually. I mean, you know, we we finished Mindhunter, um, so mm-hmm. it's kind of felt like oh, free time because there's not been immediately another Netflix or Amazon show, which you, you, there you, has been for the past month. Yeah, you've got at least another six days before that possible gauntlet right. starts up right. again. And I know we're wrong. It's not like we're doing nothing. We're still doing other stuff. But, you know, the, the other, without an extra binge show, it, it feels relatively relaxed. So I've, I've been watching some Dragon Ball. and Because uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Dragon Ball Z. was when I was a kid. Uh, very much enjoyed it. Um, but I never watched Dragon Ball. So I thought, eh, screw it. I'm going to start. And yeah. I've watched like 60-odd episodes over the past week or so. This is actually DC Comics related. In a way, um, but for the first time in a while, I watched an episode of TV this week. Uh, there was not a sitcom that was just purely for the the sake of watching it because I wanted to watch it. I finally went back and watched the next episode of I Zombie for where I left off in season three. <laughs> uh, luckily, Netflix remembered where I was, so I just yeah, next episode. <laughs> I feel like I'd have to just start over and watch the whole thing at this point now that it's finished. No, no, I was happy enough to start where I left off, but there was a couple of little details. I, I couldn't remember who, like who exactly was a zombie, was a certain person cured. <laughs> like there was a couple of details like that that were just sort of coming, flooding back as as we were going. Um, uh, it's funny because Blaine had a whole thing. It was like, can we trust him? Can we not? And the character seemed not to trust him in this episode I watched, but he played it still as if it wasn't intentional. And I was like, I actually don't know. I don't remember if we, if I had like a confirmed, <laughs> was he evil right now, or is he a good guy, or or what? I, so that that's got me on the edge of my seat for now. Uh, but it was fun to dive back. Yeah, in I mean, to that. I, said, I never went back and finished it either. But I like a zombie. It was fun. Well, no, it's finished. I, I, I felt like it, it was. It's a show that I can just if I need something on for forty minutes, I'll, I'll just upload on the next episode. It's it's it's, uh, it's why I'm doing Dragon Ball because it's it's much easier mm-hmm. to go. Oh well, I'll watch twenty minutes, okay, or and then twenty minutes again versus committing to forty minutes straight off the bat. Yeah, same same sitcom. That's, that's, that's yeah. sitcom rules. Yeah, uh, and then you and you somehow end up watching like six in one go, don't you? Oh yeah, I mean I watched Brutal Nine Nine season six uh, in two days last like what two or three weeks ago. Whenever I said I did that. It was over one weekend. I just watched the whole thing. Yeah. Then I was like eighteen or nineteen episodes that season was. Yeah. Whereas if I, you know, I I, I rarely binge, you know, hour long dramas anymore because it feels like right. Okay, I'm sitting down for 40, 40 to sixty minutes. I'm committing to that episode, and you know, I'll get to the end of it and go, well, I'll leave it there. And, you know, instead of putting the next one on. Whereas with a twenty minute show, I'll just put the next one. On. For for the record, assuming I can, I actually managed to fit at least some of them in on a regular basis. This will be the part of the show where I'll give some casual thoughts on the DC shows <laughs> when they all start back up again. Assuming I actually make the time for them. And this will be an interesting test, actually, because I do enjoy watching some of them, but it'll be very interesting to see if I manage to keep up with some of the ones that I don't necessarily always enjoy anymore, or really enjoy, might be a better uh, description. Which might be more than not at this point. It might be. 
I mean, this is the thing. Arrow is in this weird place, but because it's the fi because a it's tying in more to Crisis, so I'm more tempted to want to watch it for that reason. And two, because it's and I said a and two there. I realised that. Um, and two, because it's um it's final ten episodes. Season. Well, I might as well finish it now. It's, like it's kind of you're obligated at this point. It's like, well, there's only ten episodes left. Might as well. I've gotten this far. Uh, Flash is a tough sell um at this point but it feels more tied into things whereas black lightning is a much better show but it's so separate that it'd be easy to miss and just binge at some point later without yeah. caring about it legends is safe when it comes back after christmas oh yeah legends i'll watch legends i'll watch supergirl i tend to enjoy so i'll probably watch that and um obviously we try batman we'll be, we'll be reviewing the pilot properly yeah but, yeah we'll, we'll be doing that but uh, hopefully i like it enough to want to keep want to keep watching it um I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, no, nah, I did that. I've been watching. I've been trying to watch movies this month. I've been doing okay. I mean, I've been watching a lot for shows anyway. I've me and Tim last night sat down because if you don't know, me and Tim, who you know, uh, another fuzzer who's not on this podcast, um, we do a horror movie podcast called Streams After Midnight, and every October we do what we call the October Thon, where we try to do a lot of extra episodes because typically we have one episode a week. Occasionally a second one. Uh, there is a bonus episode once a month for patrons. Blah 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 blah. But in October, we tried to pump out a lot of extra episodes. And I think the first year we did it, we did three a week. Um, and then it sort of went up to four a week <laughs> the, 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 the following year. Last year was around that again. Although we were... That was impressive last year, though, because we were gimped. Because Tim was getting married. Tim, the selfish bastard. Yeah. Tim, so inconsiderate, decided to get married in the month of October. And he was gone for like two whole weeks in October because of his <laughs> stupid wedding. And as a result... Uh, we had to do all the stuff in advance. So the fact that we still managed to have that many episodes last year was actually quite it good. It was quite impressive. This year we're shooting for the moon, though. Because you 31. Uh, 31 episodes, not 31 movies. Uh, 27 movies, four of which are Patreon exclusive. So we're doing four exclusive episodes for Patreon. Uh, so 23 movies for the public, four exclusive to Patreon. And then the final four episodes to get up to 31 uh, are two halves of our top 50 countdown, which this year are going to be our top 50 worst horror movies. Oh, boy. And... Oh, I can't wait to see how high you have the boy. In <laughs> oh, there's one list that Brams will rank highly on. And, uh, let me tell you, it's going to be this one. Um, I will say is, yeah, I'm disappointed in you. Why? Yes, it's 31 episodes, but it should be 31 for the public and then an extra four for everyone else. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to shoot for that, but we've done the math on like how much time we have left and it doesn't look feasible to do that. That's next year's goal. Next year's goal is 31 movies for the public plus countdown episodes plus Patreon exclusives. But we're hitting 31 episodes this year. There'll be something going up every day. And then the final two, because the so there's four left, two is a countdown in two parts, and then the other two is the results of the public voted top 50 horror movies. Uh, that'll be all the, the community voting um, on, on their cool. favourite horror movies. And uh, what tier do they have to be at to get those uh, bonus episodes? Oh, that's just a $1 tier, baby. That's that's your nice, easy, cheap entry level. You just get pay $1 per month and you get access to the bonus episodes. You get one per month, but for October, there's a special... You get four. You get four. You get a whole franchise. Exclusive. On Patreon.com. Do, do, do they know which franchise yet? Have you have you said that? I think they can guess it based on my letterbox and based on because I, I, I watched one on stream <laughs> like last week. <laughs> so they could they could guess. Uh, I'll, I'll, so okay. I'll, I'll I'll say it's it's the Wishmaster franchise. You know. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I, I I sense you have thoughts that make it maybe some interesting episodes. 
<laughs> well, we've already recorded the first three of those, so um, and I just watched the fourth one last night for this weekend. So, um, yes, thought, thoughts indeed. Um, well, the one notable thing I'll say about the fourth one is that Anders from Battlestar Galactic is in it, which I was not expecting. But it was made in 2002, like right bef- you know, a couple of years before that show. Um, I never realized that, that franchise was so recent. It's weird. Yeah, I find that happens a lot in horror movies where th- th- you'll go back to them, you know, 10 years later and play, oh, I recognize like half of these people. Mm. Uh, it, it, obviously, that happens in a lot of movies, but I feel like, especially horror movies into genre TV and film uh, stars, mm. uh, it tends to be a not a defined path, but you know, just a pattern. Well, it's the polar opposite of the first movie because the first Wishmaster was like full of cameos from like horror people, you know, like uh, yeah, uh, Reggie Bannister from Phantasm was in a small role, Ted Raimi was in there in a small role, uh, Robert England had a small role, you know, there was just all these, uh, Kane Hodder had a small role, there was all these horror people popping up in these one one or two scene roles. Um, so that, that one was very much like clearly the, the late 90s, mid to late 90s was a, a bit of a, a rough time for all the stars of the 80s horror movies. So Wishmaster was apparently this like, hey, like, hey we'll give you all a little cameo and we'll, we'll call back to these things. <laughs> Hey, um, it's a paycheck. So yeah, that that was a thing. That was a thing. Uh, so yeah, in the meantime, we're just scheduling out with a, how to record the rest of the episodes and actually, because up until it's been kind of loosey goosey which ones we've been doing up until this point in advance. Whereas now we've like strictly scheduled because once it actually gets towards the middle of October, the order of which we've recorded them does matter a little bit because we need to make sure. Because sure, there's slots to record on the second last weekend of October for the, the last week, but. If I've already done those three movies, then the order I've got down for releasing them <laughs> is completely wrong because we're not going to have those, you know, yeah. pre- previous episodes recorded. So it's a, it's a whole thing. So that that puzzle was was yesterday, um, as well as picking the the Patreon votes and everything else that goes along with it. Uh, so October's our Christmas. So if you like horror movies, uh, go try Screams After Midnight. With me and Tim do. Yeah, Tim's pretty funny. Dare you? Um, Tim is pretty funny. I am extremely funny, and you can you can go and enjoy enjoy our ramblings. Uh, if I was to recommend some episodes, and obviously for some good movies, you want to have seen the movie first. Although we do always have a spoiler free section at the start. Um, but I will recommend. Obviously, we do a lot of bad movies where you, you don't need to see the movie. Just enjoy us telling you what, what how bad it is, um, and having fun with it. But if I was to recommend a few episodes, I'd recommend The Pit. I'd recommend The Evil Within. I've listened to that one. Oh boy, what a ride! And I think uh, you you did Evil Within. Listen to that one. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember you telling me about the movie in concert. I was like, I've got to hear it. I've got oh, to hear okay. about this. Uh, and uh, I think Leprechaun Two has been uh, heavily praised by uh, our our viewers, so uh, our audio listeners. So go uh, go, go try that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you may want to listen to the Leprechaun One f- episode first if you want the continuity. <laughs> If that's important to you. And, and you're comics fans, so you probably do care about continuity to some extent. You probably do. Uh, but there is no continuity between them. Uh, uh, the, the only thing that connects those movies is that Warwick Davis plays Leprechaun in both. That, that is the only thing that has them connected. Completely different rules between the films and everything. Because, uh, you know, she'll sneeze once, she'll sneeze twice, and when she sneezes thrice, she'll be my bride. That's, that's Leprechaun too. Hmm. Yeah, Clint Howard's in that movie though, so I mean that's some. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a real selling point. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so, yeah. No, a busy week. Busy week. Even though we've had a quieter week TV-wise because uh, Main Hunter was done. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, other shows coming up, hopefully some will be good. Like, I mean, we tried a couple this week, and, and it, but Pete's not a fantasy guy, so it was never really going to stick. Yeah, we're never going to stick with Dark Crystal. And even you didn't like Carnival Row, so... No, no. I do quite like Dark Crystal, though, so I'll, I'll probably watch more of that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll dive into the uh, the, the little bits of news that we've got. Um, so I actually don't have a page for this, but uh, they actually, I believe it was in the last, unless we talked about this, if we talked about this last week, then so, apologies, but I don't think we did. Um, confirmed this week that G. Willow Wilson is leaving Wonder Woman uh, with issue, I think it's 82 is the last one. And Steve Orlando is con- going to be taking over full time after, after that issue. Yeah, it hurts. She tweeted about it. She said it was because she'd been offered a uh, a dream bucket list. Oh wait, project. I think we did talk about this. Did we? I feel I feel like we speculated what the dream project was. Maybe we did. I think we did talk about this. I was convinced we didn't, but now you said dream project, I started thinking about oh, what could it be. I was like, no, I I seem to remember us talking about because I remember saying that. Um, it's probably DC or Marvel because I don't imagine an, an indie book. You're right. We did talk we did. about this. Yeah, this is your fault because I didn't have this. And Connor said, "Oh, I we should said, talk about I, this." I went, "Oh, was that this week or was it last week?" And and you went, "I think it was this week." You put the doubt in me. You put the well, doubt in me. I'm sorry. I wasn't certain myself. Clearly. Well, we have other Wonder Woman news. Uh, nothing big. Just an artist change. Uh, issue seventeen. Uh, seventy. Seventy nine. Um, uh, Jesus Marino has been taken off, uh, but he's also he's also already been taken off um, uh, seventy eight, and was off seventy six as well. So that's a few issues that he's been taken off, uh, which maybe makes you think that DC have got him doing something. Maybe they hadn't planned already, or or he's got some personal uh, stuff that's maybe he has to take a couple of um, um, months off. Wild stab in the dark. Uh-huh. Maybe he's on the bucket list project. Uh, well, no, because he's actually solicited for Orlando's issues. Uh, all right, never mind then. So, um, for so now, he, so he's coming back. So he's coming. At least theoretically, he's coming back to Wonder Woman. Uh, I wonder if it's just you know he has to take a couple of months off for personal reasons yeah, or something. Yeah, could be busy. Whatever schedules yeah. got away. You know, no, any other thing could have happened. Yeah, uh, been replaced by Scott Eaton and Wayne uh, Fokker. That's F A U C H E R. I'm familiar with Scott Eaton by name. It could be Fotcher, but I don't think it is. I feel like Focher is, is, is the correct one. And I'm really <laughs> emphasizing my pronunciation. It's, it's that stupid movie with Ben Still. It's Meet the Parents. You know, the sequel is Meet the Fockers. Uh, yes. It's, it's basically that. Um, so that's the thing. Um, and then the other bit of news, uh, shocking no one, although they've finally done something actually sensible here, is that Shazam issues 9 onwards have been taking off the, the schedule and will be re-solicited so they don't have to push them back every time issue 8, eight. gets pushed back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... I mean, issue eight's still going to get delayed another handful of times, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is sensible. It was weird that they kept soliciting it, so that they've taken off three issues that were solicited. Uh, seven and eight still need to come out. Uh, I wonder, though, if this means that we're finally getting to a point where seven and eight might be a bit more solidified. Right. Because is seven they're... not right yet. I don't think so. Oh no, you're right. No, seven dead. Seven dead. Uh, seven was June. Was, was sorry. 
No, no, no. Seven's not coming out yet. Six was the last one that came out in June 6th. Seven, Six was, Jesus. Se, seven's the one that keeps getting pushed back and knocking the rest back. So, my God, this is worse than I thought. So the fact that they've taken uh, nine onwards but not eight makes me think that maybe they've actually finally got it. Like, oh, we think these are actually going to roughly hit where we've got oh, them. Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, but obviously nine through 11, like it was a joke because it was like one per week because of how many times those have been pushed it back. Was. You, can, you can look at like a, a lot of places will just update their article rather than publish a whole new one. And you can just see the update schedule like every week for the past two months. Because it got to the point where it was going to be 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, all like back to back, week to week. And that was never going to happen. No. Uh, although it would, it would have been funny if it did. I'd, I'd have been laughing hysterically uh, throughout that month. But uh, so that makes sense. Yeah, there's no point in having them solicited and moving them back. Just resolicit them when the time's oh, right. I, I'm not surprised that they're cancelled. Because technically that's what they are. Te- they're technically, but they've, yeah. they've said they'll be resolicited. And I believe yeah, yeah. them. The only surprising thing is that they actually finally did it because they should have made this call months ago yeah they should have done but hey um as as what it is so i can't believe matt didn't do his top five madness anyway i just because i slacker i closed that tab and his email came up again uh and i just i was like well that's weird again uh so that was that was that was the news uh but we got a lot of books so we're not going to dilly dally we're going to dive in and get talking. So, Batman Superman issue one is the first book, the main event of the week, I suppose. Joshua Williamson writing with David Marquez on the art. Batman Who Laughs is the villain. Um, Joe is so funny about that though is that there's a panel or there's a you know there's a a narration box at one point or you know whatever where Batman says, "Oh hey, uh, you know the Batman Who Laughs tried to affect me, affect my mind or or whatever." and yada 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 and there's a little thing saying oh see batman who laughs you know one to seven and i yeah. said you know what that that narration box saying that he tried to affect his mind and then ultimately failed is all i needed of that story <laughs> that is all i want from it <laughs> i don't need to read the, a single word of the book more than i did i'm happy with that yeah that's fair that's enough of the exploration i never finished it and i didn't feel like i was missing anything there oh i forgot you didn't finish it yeah no i think i got to about issue four Ma- What's funny, I think Matt finished it bizarre. He wasn't really into it by the end, but he he'd gotten to the issue but six. But he's a continuity wonk. So he had, he had to wrap it up, yeah. Um, so, no, um, it's funny because obviously we've been having some issues with The Flash, and obviously we'll talk about that in a little bit uh, later, but with Williamson. And I think what really I liked about this from the get-go is that right away, it it, just, it felt a bit more succinct to me. Just, it flowed a bit better. I felt like both Batman and Superman's voice felt mostly in the right place. And I really felt like it was trying to be oh, yeah. uh, that original, you know, Superman-Batman book. You know, the love book with a dual narration. I, to a fault with me, actually. To a fault. Oh, go on. Um, yeah, I think this book is fine. Um, I don't think it's that interesting because 90% of it I feel like I've read before it's just one of those lobe issues right that's with them talking about each other and praising each other and it's you know it's that uh, you know alternate uh, narration like I mean it's fine it's well written I just it's nothing new Uh, I can't really argue with that too much I enjoyed reading it though like I, I had fun I can't really argue that it, that it is kind of a repeat of that. It does open on a different Earth, though. At least I assume it's a different Earth where uh, Batman Who Laughs lures in Superman. Um, in fact, he's not got the red trunks on, so it is definitely a different Earth. 
Yeah, I was wondering, like, because he never actually, you know, I I got to the 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 page after that, and he says Earth Zero now, and I went back, and I was like, so did I? I went back because I, I, I was, I was like, like, it never specifies then or in the future or what yeah. exactly it is, and it was basically like. Because part of me thought oh, this is the future, but well, obviously they'll turn out to save them. But when it said Earth Zero and this, like when we got to the next bit, I thought, oh, that's a different Earth. Okay, they are really dead. You know, this is Batman who laughs actually killing his heroes. Well, probably. G g given something in the plot later, maybe not. Uh, maybe. Uh, you got Batman and Superman talking to you know Gordon. Um, you know, uh. He's he's talking about this 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 uh, kidnapping, Batman who laughs, yada yada yada. Um, and well, that says, was it. It was a uh, the, the it was the the brother or whoever it was. Uh, yeah, little brother said you know it was Superman that kidnapped him, uh, but it was a Superman was laughing. So I'm wondering it, this Superman from oh, you know this opening. Oh no, no I think as that Superman like he he's he's like basically. Uh, yeah, I didn't necessarily mean Superman was dead. I, I, I oh, took okay, it. You meant I, all the rest of them. I Sorry. took it as the Justice League was dead, and this cracked Superman and made Superman like him. That's made a Superman okay, who laughs. Sure. I thought you were including Superman in, in the movie. No, 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 no. Uh, basically, what I meant was is that nothing we were seeing was fake. And that because uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't just a cop out vision. Yeah. I was like, no, no, this did happen. So. Yeah. Oh, my first because my first read of that scene, I thought, oh, this will be something to stop, or it'll be like a subversion or something. But no, it's just it's a different Earth. So, yeah, yeah. The, the art in that is is fantastic. The body horror of like uh, Flash being strung up by by uh, Plastic Man and stuff like that. Yeah, I actually I like the art quite a bit for the most part. I, I think all the stuff on the rooftop looks really good. I think Superman's physique occasionally looks a little bit uh, on the Und undefined. Undefined. Yeah, there you go. That's the word for it. It's uh, uh, it's um, the big spread where he's coming in carrying Croc. His stomach, his torso, it's just, it's just a little bit long, where but, and you know there's nothing there. It's just very flat. I love the signal. I love the city. I love uh, the coloring. I'd be more than happy for this team to do a bat book because I think it really lends itself to. Yeah, Marquez is excellent. Obviously, this is uh, you know this is quite major. It's his, his first DC work, right? Um, he's been mm -hmm. Marvel exclusive forever. Uh, so uh, this is um. Cool to see. And he gets to do Batman and Superman. He's uh, flexing his flexing his muscles. Yeah. Uh, so you know they go off to um, this location that, that you know under Crime Alley, uh, where they think they may um, you know locate this kid or at least get to the Batman Who Laughs base. And they they find like his you know demented cave that has like you know it, it's it's like uh, the Bat Cave mixed with like a serial killer lair where there's like just blades and shit on the wall and. Mm. Like just blood everywhere and all the rest of it, and they, they see like a, a a Justice League who laughs essentially on his computer. Uh, it's a whole thing, um, and then one of the evil Robins attacks him, and you know we think it's just one of the Robins, whatever. Uh, but the big twist is for the book, and we can't. I mean, I didn't see it coming that it was this Robin, you know. But once he revealed who he was, I'm like, oh yeah, we knew this element was coming. No, I agree, but I think it still lands well enough in that we didn't know it was. Oh, this Robin was was yeah. him. Yeah, because he says, my name is Billy Bats, and then he says Shazam. Great big two-page spread of the lightning. And then... Final, gorgeous again. Yeah, final page is uh, evil Shazam with Superman. You know, he's got, he's got his throat. You know, he's, he's strangling him. And he's yeah. got this uh, batarang that's laced with the, the Joker's... Or the Batman who laughs, it, sorry. It's the stuff that'll make him yeah. evil. 
Um, so, no, really, and obviously we're, we know we're getting the Secret Six, which is going to be six of heroes that have been turned evil, which obviously they're going to revert by the end, but... Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I dug this issue for the most part. I, I The dual narration been done before, but still fun. Um, I think the the gist of taking these villains and turning them evil, I I think I like in the context of this story. Um, I, I like it way more than anything that was in... Um, the actual Batman Who Laughs miniseries. Um, sure. Just because he's kind of like enslaving people and it's, it's kind of like it's an interesting story to play with that. And I think this issue flowed very well, which is something that I've been having a trouble with with Snyder for a long time. Um, so the comparisons yeah. there felt, felt very kind of obvious to me in the sense that... Sure, because obviously this isn't a Snyder book, but it's playing with all of his stuff that he's yeah. been creating for the past you know year and a half, however long it's been. But it's notable that I don't hate the Batman Who Laughs as a concept. I liked him when he was first introduced. And I think it's notable that I really enjoyed this issue and his inclusion in this issue uh, when I was really just done with it in the Batman Who Laughs book itself. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, this is probably the best thing Williamson's written in a little while. You know, probably since Flash War. Maybe, yeah. Um, I say that having not, you know, not been reading his uh, indie stuff or anything like that, but... Uh, in terms of his DC work, uh, probably the best sense of that. Um, I thought it was fun. Thought it flowed well. Um, it wasn't like a you know, shake the ground like debut. The, oh, it's a hot new book that everyone's going to talk about. But yeah, I think in that sense, it's a little underwhelming, right? You know, a big Batman Superman issue one. It, it's it's fine. You know, it's not the the big thing that you were probably hoping, or a lot of people were hoping it would be. It, it reminds me of the New Fifty Two one because the New Fifty Two one also just kind of came out and it had nice art, but it was like, oh yes, it's just yeah, it's fine. Who was on art for that? Uh, GLE was on the first. Oh, he few was, issues. wasn't it? That did look gorgeous. Yeah. Whereas I think the story in this one's better, and the art is pretty good, but it's not as completely stylized as that JLE stuff was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I had decent fun with it. It's just not... Um, yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a solid good book, and I think the plot could really get interesting coming up. Um, obviously, we've seen Williamson fall into uh, some trappings of himself, uh, and we'll talk about that in a few issues' time. But... Yeah. But, you know, I, I think this issue is, it's all right. You know, I, I like it well enough. Um, I'll stick with it for now and see if the story gets more interesting as it goes. But, you know, should this end up being on a a very busy week in a couple of months' time, if it hasn't improved, I, I yeah. don't know. This this might be one of the ones that I'd, I'd consider dropping. Let's see what, uh, let's see what Matt said, because Matt read this one. Batman Superman. Dual... Do you know what? I actually think he has ranked these because they're in a kind of a weird order. I think what's weird because they're, they're numbered, but they're all numbered as one. I think his numbering format has just really like done something weird. And okay, so we think this is his top five. I think, I think they're ranked. The you can just jump around them. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not going to tell you the order till the end. We'll we'll do that when we get there. Okay. But um, so maybe he did read more on this. Maybe he's just giving me thoughts on his top five. I don't know. Um. So I guess everything he's got thoughts for are going to be in his top five. I guess that's a bit of a spoiler. But you don't know the order. <laughs> so anyway, he says, Dual narration boxes are perfect. Still not feeling the Batman who laughs stuff. Wilson can get exceptionally dark when he wants to. Finally got to see Billy, but not exactly how I wanted to. Art is phenomenal. I want to seek her DC characters from Marquez. 
Seymour, probably. Seymour, yeah. That's probably a typo. Um, so he's, he does he's, have fat thumbs. So you say like he enjoyed it. He uh, rated it 8 out of 10, uh, which leads to your rating. Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Uh, I think it's decent. Art's dragging it up a bit for me. Um, it's it's fine. No, I'm going to agree. Too, too safe. I'll agree with Matt and say, say a, a, a solid 8. I, I think it's it's not amazing, but it's I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked the, the voices for the character. It flowed really well. And the yeah, art was mostly pretty great. Like, to me, an 8 has to be like, oh, this is a great book. you know. And, and 7 is good. Uh, so, you know... Well, to... I, I do think this was great, though. It just wasn't amazing. It wasn't, you know... Yeah, I, I think great is way too far for me on this. Uh, is how I feel. All right, so that'll take me on to Action Comics 1014. Brian Michael Bendis writing with uh, Simon Kudransky uh, on the on the art. Um, so, despite the fact that my usual format would dictate that Superman and Action should go side by side, because we don't usually have them in the same week, I intentionally split them up for the sake of not having two in a row with just me. Uh, so. So action comics I'm going to do first, um, which I typically do like the more out of the two. Uh, that's not why I put it first. I just put it first because this is usually action's week. Superman's the weird tacked on one because it got delayed. Uh, so the big plot of this one is that uh, Leon, Miss Leon, uh, who owns the Daily Planet, the, the villain who's the head of the, you know, who never speaks about Superman, so she'll never be caught, actually comes to the Daily Planet and Perry gets to meet her for the first time. And... I actually really like the art here because uh, like Perry's just coming from the outside and it's raining and he's got like he's got like a bonnet on and there's like you know water dripping down it. It's very very atmospheric. Um, so she's like, "Hey, I'm here to see see you for the first time," and he's very kind of like, "Okay, it's weird. I've not seen you before, but blah 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 blah." And she's basically like, "Hey, I don't want to do any more gossip stuff. I want this paper to be like cutting edge of journalism. And what's that going to take to make that happen? Like, how much money do you need?" I want Lois Lane back in her desk. I want her publishing things as often as possible. I want this to be the cutting edge of journalism. And uh, it's a very interesting thing coming from her. Uh, and like, you know, assuming this is not just purely for profit, like what exactly is her agenda here for wanting Daily Planet to be this bastion of journalism? Um, very curious. But uh, yeah, so, so Perry kind of falls in love essentially because she's basically offering a blank check to like pay the reporters more and get more staff and um all all the rest of it um you know it actually when she says she wants Lois back at her desk the the close-ups in this this page are just of her eyes and then perry's mouth and perry just has this smirk on his face uh, when she says that. It's like he's bonding with her on like a really personal level. Uh, meanwhile, Superman's fighting a, a giant uh, monster that's came through like a rift at Star Labs and he uncovers that the Star Labs people are, are doing illegal experiments but the main thing here that he discovers and he turns them in for that because he, he uses his x-ray vision to discover that, but the main thing here is that all of the teleportation from uh, Leviathan is actually creating some... Uh, temporal problems and that's where this monster came from so it's kind of a small beat uh, in that plot that's kind of neat. uh the book does have like a news article by kent uh like explaining this like w what star labs were doing uh it's in the middle of the book i'm not a big fan typically of having like you know like actual a block of text like this you know in the middle of a comic it kind of derails the pacing uh, it's not super dense though, uh, for you know, because there's been some of these in the past where I'll be reading a comic and you'll get like a two column, like thick block of text and a page. Oh, there's um, 
one of the wicked because wicked and divine ever, ever, between arcs over the last few arcs they did um one shots based on you know previous uh cycles of the gods and one of them i think it was the was it the 19 i think it was the 1920s one uh half of it was prose and half of it was comics and you, I, I didn't know that like, going in uh, and you just it starts you know you got you know a couple of pages of comics and then you got like three pages of, of prose and it kind of you know went through it and it was a a surreal experience for for a comic to be that extensively written yeah uh, it usually kills the pacing this one's not too bad admittedly but it does usually kill the pacing for me um but yeah so that's a very daily planet focus district because we're back in the planet you know Clark's just finished up his story perry's like congratulating him on a, a good bit of work he's like no you have to come and meet uh someone and so clark meets leon which is a very interesting concept because uh Obviously, she's been trying to hide from Superman, and now she's like in a room with him, not knowing it, but <laughs> like she's in a room with Superman, and you know she asks like what he's, you know, what, what he thinks his time is worth as a reporter, and she's basically saying, you know, do you want a raise so you can do better work? Uh, but he's very kind of apprehensive of her. Um, there's a little joke here where he's like, "Where did you come from, Mr. Leon?" and uh, Perry's like, I think heaven, because Perry's just like, for the first time in his career, he's not been told to like make cutbacks and whatnot. He's like, oh no, she's just going to like open the floodgates. Uh, uh, Thorn goes to the criminal bar where the secret mafia are and actually ends up like stabbing one of them um, repeatedly. Doesn't kill him because uh, Red Mist shows up, or sorry, not Red Mist, Red Cloud. I uh, forgive me. Do you know what? There's a lot of names to keep track of in comic books, and I feel like they're, <laughs> especially in a week where I've had nine books. Um, like, honestly, I find it, you know, there are people at work whose names I still don't know. I've you know, <laughs> after months, like, no, no, no too, too many names of comics characters filling up all that space. Oh dear, yeah. Uh, so Red, Red Cloud kind of realizes who she is and is like, um. Yeah, so it becomes this big fight, and she saw. And I don't think she's. I don't think we're done with Thorn, with Rose and Thorn. I'm sure she's still alive, but she's being, you know, clouded essentially. Like, you know, the red mist is going to her mouth and stuff. Um, but the final line of this this page is um, uh, one of the guys being like, uh, "There goes the invisible part of the invisible maf- mafia, uh, shit, kind of thing." Um, so not a big scene in of itself this issue, but I think it's going to be a big deal like going forward because it means that. Oh, maybe this will reach some uh, authorities. This will this will reach the newspapers, and all of a sudden, it's not so secret anymore. Uh, Clark goes to see Lois. Explains that you know this new boss wants her back, and she's going to pay for it handsomely. And she's like, "But you really like like sort of demand to know where she came from? You, you got that accusatory? Just almost surprised at him a little bit." Um. But no, uh, so I, I, one of the things I love about action recently is because it has been it's been so focused on the, the Daily Planet stuff. It doesn't have the tone of Lois and Clark, the new version of Superman, but it has kind of that focus that that show had that I really like, where it really kind of frames it mostly around the Daily Planet stuff. And I think it's great. I, I think it's great. Uh, the, the book ends. Uh, Lois basically sees that there's uh, some being with light around them, like flying through the sky of Metropolis. So Superman, of course, flies off to see who it is because it's, it's not John or anyone else they're expecting. And whoever this is, like, hits the top of the Daily Planet building. He goes over, and the final page is Naomi. Naomi has entered Action Comics. And she's like, Superman, I'm Naomi, I need your help. And that's uh, where we, we wrap up the, the story for this one. And it says, next time Superman and Batman team up to help Naomi. 
so, you know, Ben is having fun tying all of these different things together, which is cool. Um, the art in this is typically very good. There's, uh, you know, one or two little quibbles here or there. Um, like for when Superman lands in the uh, but at Lois's hotel, Lois's face looks a little bit um, I don't know, just puffier than usual. I guess is how I'd describe it. Um, which I mean, it doesn't look unnatural. It wouldn't be a problem if this is just not how Lois normally didn't look. If that makes sense, it's just it's different from what she normally looks like. Um, and but otherwise, really good stuff. Like I said, I love the atmosphere early on in the book uh, with the, the sort of rainy night. The idea that this villain and no one knows that she's a villain yet, even if Clark has his has his you know missed his doubts. Um, it just it sets them in the atmosphere of, of this meeting finally happening, uh, and makes it feel like a big deal. Which is the main plot point of the the issue is is that stuff. Um, and I've been digging the introduction of that character and her getting more involved in the plot is really cool. So. Uh, and I'm excited for Naomi, so, you know, this was a really solid distraction. Uh, I will give this... Um, I will give it... I'll give it a 9. I really liked it. The action, the action's great. Uh, make it nice and easy. Uh, which will take us on to Wonder Woman, issue 77, which is written by G. Willow Wilson. <laughs> Tear in my eye now when I say that. Uh, yeah, every time I read this issue, I would love it there's so many left. Yeah, well, I think we're on the last arc. This is the start of an arc, and I'm pretty sure this will be it. This will be the last one. Uh, Jesus Marino is on the arc. Um, although, for the last time, for a few issues, as we talked about. Yep. Um. So, yeah, Wonder Woman, uh, this issue, and uh, obviously we're dealing with the fallout of Cheetah murdering uh, Aphrodite, and the reactions to this, you know, Steve uh, and Antilade is uh, coming back in and seeing her lying there. Uh, very, I, I kind of like how it's treated like a crime scene almost a little bit. How we have all yeah. this shock horror of the body. I, I like Steve trying to stop them, you know, coming in and seeing their mother, like, you know, lying there in a pool of blood. Yeah, uh, I also like the idea that he's maybe also thinking about, like, it's a crime scene. We can't disturb it too much. We want to, you know, yeah, investigate yeah, it. Um, there was a certain turn of phrase he used. Um, and it might have been when, when Diana showed up, actually. Uh, Where was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's when he's he's scouting the house and he's like, okay, you know, we we, we just found her, you know, and then uh, you know, oh, we we had a prowler. Yeah, yeah, uh, and she leaps to Cheetah because of the, the footprints, and yeah. uh, you know, wants to go all gun ho, wants to you know, and they they, t they take Aphrodite back to Themyscira for for a funeral, um, and that that happens. Uh, but ultimately, Antilades is like, I want justice. And Wonder Woman's like, you shall have it. And she's, she's just kind of like angry and she's ready to go and she gets suited up. Steve tries to talk her out of it. You, you even have like the, the suit up montage, right? Yeah, you, you get the close up of the, you know, the, the boot being laced up and the, the lasso going on the hip and, you know, everything yeah. else. Um, and he's like, no, like, you know, you have to keep your head. You know, this is, this is, you know, justice is not revenge or anger. And, Wonder Woman, you know, a lot of her narration over the next couple of pages as she's, as she's flying to uh, meet Chia is this idea that, no, 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 if you, if you try to com remain completely objective, then it's not really anything. Whereas, you know, justice can be fueled by rage. It doesn't just make it revenge because you're angry. Uh, so, no, yeah. it's just an interesting thing. And it's, it's this, you know... I, I will say, Steve felt a little bit petty here. Um, he's like, oh, will there ever be a point where I come first, where we come first? 
and and she's like, you know, there was a goddess just murdered in our house. Yeah, <laughs> it's not and, it's, and it's, the it, killer's not that far. I'm I'm kind of with her on this one. Yeah, it's it's, it's not time for uh, their relationship like if, if to come first. If this was just r- rushing off to stop something small, you know, and you had something planned for the evening, I mean, that's one thing. I I, I think it's kind of part and parcel with, okay, you're going out with a superhero, right? Um, but this felt particularly pay when someone has just killed an actual goddess in your house. Hey, what, what about me? What? <laughs> uh, but one woman does find Cheetah, uh, who's got her sword, uh, or I'm going to call it a saber because it looks a lot like the White Ranger Tiger saber. Actually, the shape of it's very <laughs> similar. Uh, you're not wrong. Which is not as good as the, the the green dagger. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the dragon dagger is the the superior of the two. But, it is, yeah. But you know, uh, I'll call it like I say. It. And she is all licking the blood off the blade, being all proper, like murdery and whatnot. Um, I wonder if drinking goddess blood gives you any extra powers. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> no, just just you know, just spitballing. Yeah. Uh, Steve's trying to comfort uh, Auntie Laddie's back at the house. Uh, but basically it sets up this idea that because Aphrodite is dead and because Auntie Laddie's doesn't feel love anymore, that that'll actually have an effect on how people feel all over the world because love is technically missing right now. Yeah, yeah, because Aphrodite was, you know, the goddess of, of love uh, as, as well, right? So it's it's like, oh, it's literally died. And it, it it's... It's not just that she was uh, like a, um, a figurehead for it. She was a literal manifestation. And, he, and here's a question here. So do you think that's why Wonder Woman is so sort of blinded by anger right now? Because the opposite side is, is diminished because of... Oh, definitely. This. I think, you know, uh, the next couple of pages we see in the fight, she kind of, she struggles. She's kind of losing all the, all the will to fight. And it's just kind of going through the motions because typically she is... A very positive character, and she is fueled by you know, uh, the, you know, the, the the love of her friends and family. Yeah. So yeah, makes complete sense. That's all thing. So the fight's raging on, and uh, we sort of end in a cliffhanger where Cheetah is like lunging at her with the the sword, and that's kind of there. Then we go to the far end of Themyscira, and it's Grail and her groupies, um, traveling through, and we get this cliffhanger where they run into uh, a bunch of characters, um. Do you know who these yes. characters are? <laughs> not off the top of my head, no. No, nor do I. Um, I, th- I thought um, the one in the middle felt familiar to me, but I don't know if it's just because she's slinking around like other characters sometimes do. The way they were talking, I, I was inclined to think maybe they're the Fates. Or, yeah. Or, um, you, know, the, you know, the three of them, three sisters. Uh, you know, There's I, four, got, though. No, well, that's the thing. There's the the fourth one's a weird uh, look, like extra one. Yeah, it looks different. In, yeah, yeah, which is why I was wondering if that one maybe doesn't count. Uh, it looks more animalistic, right? Yeah, you know, doing wrong. Still has a face. I'm not gonna um, lie. The one at the top made me think of a Hellraiser. I was getting Cenobite vibes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. The one at the top. We will devour your soul. I like the designs on all. Like, oh, it, it's, it's not I'm so quite... sorry. I just wait. Apologize. I got the quote wrong there. It's "We will tear your soul apart" as the line from Hellraiser. I do apologize. 
that, that was important to I had to correct that. That was not yeah. All, all those people at the start of this episode was like, "Hey, he he does a horror podcast. He must really know his stuff." <laughs> now that what's the point? Uh, yeah. No, I, was, I really I really like the designs, and there are things where like the hands look misproportioned and stuff like that, which obviously usually would be a bad thing, but in this case gives it this really sinister, otherworldly look. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, different proportions because they're yeah, like you say, sort of demonic and. Yeah, out of this world. Yeah, uh, so the shoot the art is is good. I wouldn't say great. Uh, you know, like it's I, Marino in a nutshell. Yeah, like it's like the, the fight with Cheetah, for example, and our, like the first full page spread when you see Cheetah. Those are moments where I can you know I can picture what that the the feel that might have by Zermanico or by even Nord. Especially uh, Cheetah herself, I think looks a bit off. I would I wouldn't even say I would just say a bit simple. You know, versus how like the, the the sense of like presence and style that I see I, other I artists. Know. Some, some of the, some of the poses look a bit off to me. Uh, okay, uh, I mean, not terrible. Never, never enough to be really distracting, but definitely not up to the heights that we have seen on this book by by some other artists recently. Hmm. No, it was it was just um you know it was it's it's solid enough. Um, but definitely, I think we've been spoiled on this book by some of the other artists who, you know, when Zermanico was doing some of the giant stuff or Nord was doing that first arc and you had all those big fights with Ares and stuff like that, yeah, all that stuff looked stuff. phenomenal. And then this fight is just, it's fine, it looks like a comic book fight, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's fine, it's not bad, but it's just not amazing. Um, enjoying this uh, arc as a setup, though, I like where we're going. Um, I want to see what Antlatiadi's plan is. Um, Maybe they're going to be like, okay, no, I, you know, I think we talked about this last year. You're going to have to step up and kind of fill the mother's role. Yeah, um, reintroduce love. Hopefully, with uh, Huey Lewis in the news as a backing track, the power of love is a beautiful thing. Makes one man that, that, weep. That, that, that would ruin all the the big Greek mythology stuff. Makes another man sing. Uh, what are you give it? A... Uh, I'll give it a. Eight, I think. Yeah, we'll go with an eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say. I will say, I think the scene at the end with Grail and that felt kind of almost randomly tacked on. A bit tacked on, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued by who the, you know, who these characters at the end are, though. Uh, I'll, I'll make all this up with Cheetah, the idea that Cheetah actually killed a goddess and the fallout of that. I'm liking the feel of that uh, yeah. and what they're doing with that. So, um, yeah, I barely gets the eight. I think it's like borderline, but I'll, I'm I think gonna... I like all the rest of it enough that it gets an eight. The, yeah, if it, you know, better art, maybe this would be an eight point five. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that'll take me on to Superman fourteen. Brian Michael Bendis writing with Ivan Reese on the art. Oh, and I think uh, there was a second art in this one as well, uh, but Comicsology never had uh, it. I take it Matt didn't say anything about Wonder Woman. Well, there wasn't actually. Um. Oh, no, you may have done, actually. Good point. Good point. I have to check. I have to check. No, he didn't, because I said that at the start. He didn't do Wonder Woman. Um, okay. He, he has done Superman. I'm noting that now, so that I, I can do that at the end. Uh, did, he do, did he do action? Oh, he did do action. Oh, God. Of course he read all the Superman books. Uh, so right. okay. Pre Pretend this is 20 minutes ago. Pre pretend. It wasn't 20 minutes ago. It was like... Uh, 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 you, it felt like it to me. Uh, 10 at the most. Um, action he gave an 8.5 he said Perry and Leon was great 
Lots of close-ups gave it a claustrophobic vibe. Love seeing Clark as a reporter in his own right. I hope it's not the last we see of Rose and Thorn. Uh, yeah, so he, he seems to like it a lot of the same things we do. And he's concerned that Rose and Thorn are actually dead. Um, we. So, you mean it's the same things you do. Oh, I do. Okay, sure. Um, so, I went to a very horrible place to put his thoughts on action. People may have, you know, not wanting to listen to Wonder Woman. They've skipped over it in the next one, but... Um, just when you're timestamping this, uh-huh. make that the start of Superman. Sure. Perfect. There you go. Good idea. Um, yeah, Superman. Superman uh, 14. So, it starts off with a scene. Uh, it says today, and it's on Thanagar, and it's Superman, Supergirl, Superboy, Crypto, with Zod and Zod's wife and son. And they're marching to this, you know, the council of, like, everyone, like, all the alien races, and they're like, hey, there's all, all these, all this co- conflict because of Rokozar ends now. We're going to do something about this. Uh, you know, you can see, like, you know, Guardians, Dominators, you know, all sorts of, obviously Thanagarians and ton, tons of things. Uh, but we, we, we go back to, you know, yesterday, which is, you know, where we kind of left off the story. And it's, you know, Superman and, and Jor-El are at the destruction of Krypton. Rokozar shows up in a ship uh, with Zod. And I did think it's a bit weird here how Zod just, as soon as they get to Krypton, decides, you know what, I'm going to stop pretending to be on his side and just attack him. <laughs> and that felt a bit weird to just do at the, at the start of an issue like this. Um, however, um, it is interesting seeing, like, Clark's like, oh, I have to go and stop him. And Jor-El's like, no, 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 he's going to do what you can. He's going to, like, actually kill uh, Rogel Zar. And, you know, he he wants to go out anyway, uh Jorel gives him a like a respirator essentially, or like a, a shielding thing for the kryptonite that's in the you know the the, the vicinity. Um, it won't last for too long, but it's enough for a trip kind of thing. Uh, but you know they get really fighting. You know Zod's just like blasting his heat vision into into Rogozar, and the fight really gets going. Uh, Superman. The reason why he goes out is to try and you know rescue Zod because Zod is fighting out in this kryptonite. And the big moment here, uh, reveal wise is that Zar is also hurt by kryptonite. Rogel Zar in some way is kryptonian and that's very interesting. So, uh so that's a great moment, that's a great big reveal and Rogel Zar starts fighting them, he gets his axe, he's going to swing it at them and the axe goes out of his hand and he gets a nice big reveal of uh, Supergirl who's the, who's the one who's grabbed him. So her, John and Crypto have just shown up who obviously if you've read Supergirl last issue uh, they kind of splintered off and did their own thing for an issue and now they're, they're back. And uh, there's a nice moment here where Jor-El looks kind of shocked and he's like the House of El. It's the first time he's seen the family kind of together. Uh, ever, really. You know, since since Krypton. Uh, so it's a nice little beat. It's a nice little beat. Uh, so we have Superman and Zod fighting side by side, uh, taking on Rogozar, uh, which is something we kind of thought might happen for a long time. Um, but this is when all the Thanagarian ships show up and basically say, we have to bring you with us. So this is it gets us back up to where we started. It's the 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 elves and the Zods coming into Thanagar. Um, they don't actually want to arrest Superman because obviously Superman's Superman and he's like saved the universe like countless times. They they know his deal. Um, but it's actually John says, you know, this is kind of silly uh, the way that all this stuff happens. And uh, you know, Krypton being destroyed was because there was a secret group that worked, you know, behind the shadows and it was all this espionage stuff and it was people not telling each other things and he inspires an idea 
Um, like he's like, what about like something like the United Nations, like Earth, where you're supposed to like you know help each other out? Why why don't we have something like that for the planets? So Superman essentially pitches this to to all these alien like diplomats and leaders. No, we're going to end this now. We're going to start something new that actually keeps everything in the public eye and is like a proper avenue for this. And so he's he's made his pitch. It doesn't sound like they're the enthusiastic because there's no answer. And John says, "How do we get them to believe us?" And then you turn the page, and out of a portal in the sky, the Legion of Superheroes emerges. And they're like, "Hey, we're the Legion of Superheroes. We're from the blah 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 century and thirty first. That was it. Um, is it usually the thirty first? Is it usually the thirty second? Pretty sure it's always the thirty first. Okay, well, they're, they're going to do a thirty second thing soon because I remember reading that there's like uh, a week. yeah, I think that's actually been changed. I think that's been been changed? I think oh, that okay. uh, I remember reading about that in the last couple of weeks that it was announced as thirty second, and that was oh, it's weird. They're doing thirty second. Yeah, okay. And up to this, it's like well, actually. Uh, I mean, that's easy enough to change. You just have to change the uh, lettering a couple of times, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, no, you got, got some of the, key, the key usual suspects. And it's like, hey, this is the day that start, you know, started everything. This is the day that led to kind of our peaceful future uh, because of what you did in this day. Uh, so it's really kind of setting up, you know, the, the new kind of, like, seed for what the Legion are. And they're like, hey, we want to, like, invite you to come with us. Um and offer you a place, and Superman's like, well, it's, that's an honor, but, like, I do have a lot of responsibilities. He's uh, like, oh, sorry, uh, Superman, uh, no no offense, but we weren't talking to you, we were talking to John. Uh, so the, the, the end of the book is John like, huh? Because <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty place. much because they just, I think it was today or yesterday, released the cover for Superman 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's basically that. Yeah, because it's, it's oh, oh, but Supergirl, Superman... And then the Millennium uh, issue one and two are leading into the actual Legion ongoing, yeah. which is launching. So this is kind of the first real thing that's leading into it. Um, so no, uh, it's the conclusion of the story. Um, it doesn't really feel at the end of Zar yet, though, because we just learned that he's in some way Kryptonian. So we're definitely going to come back to him at some point in some way, although maybe more of a Hannibal Lecter type thing, or maybe he'll break out or whatever. But um there's definitely some more to do with him but we've sort of wrapped that up for now and we're setting up this legion stuff for a couple of issues and then we'll see you know where superman goes after that but um i i do like that superman in action are so different and you know one feels more like just the supers and you know, get john and supergirl in there from time to time and we're doing cosmic stuff action is the daily planet stuff and a bit more grounded in uh you know espionage i guess so no dig it uh, what did Matt say? What did Matt say for Superman? Good, good, good question. Uh, Legion is long lived. <laughs> is the first thing it says. Uh, Zod face turn was exceptionally well handled. I feel, uh, I feel the unity. Um, I don't know if he means the moment where he actually attacks Zod, uh, or he attacks Zod, because that that kind of felt weird that it just it got thrown out there like that. It, it, it didn't feel like it was inspired by that much. Outside of just being like, you brought us to Krypton. Okay, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to hit you. Um, but him working with Superman, I liked a lot. Like that felt like because because he, he actually says to like L, what's the plan? Like there is a moment of like, oh, like they're actually working together. It's not it's not just they're punching the same guy. He's actually asking for his like plan or his advice. Uh, I still wonder about the delay and if it really changed anything in the issue. Um, my guess, if I was to guess, this is that some of the Legion outfits got changed, and that's <laughs> that's what they changed. 
Uh, possibly. I've seen some speculation that they were going to cheat because obviously there was the whole thing about whether or not it was uh, Lightning Lad's race, right? And mm-hmm. then it, it came out and it, it was kind of what we were expecting in this issue anyway. There was some speculation that it had they were going to change it. Uh, that's why they you know pulled the issues because they didn't want them out in the wild and then change it because it would look bad. And then it kind of leaked anyway, and they went, well, shit, now we can't do it. We're just going to have to stick with what we've got. So basically just reprinted them identically is what I've, uh, is, is what some people have been saying. They did change the cover, though, right? Because that, that was they their excuse. The yes. That was their excuse. Yes, they, they did change the cover, I don't be- all the rest of the pages. I don't believe for a second that that's the real reason, but that was the what they said publicly. Yes, um, yeah. I, the cover makes no sense, given that you know, on the same week, other books came out with covers still with the Year of the Villain branding, that didn't have a Year of the Villain scene in it. Yes. Um, I mean, they kind of loosely have the villain use whatever Lex gave them, so that's kind of why it has the branding of the gift. Oh, no, no, it didn't in the issue in, in some of the issues in that week. In that week? Okay. Yeah, yeah the, the original week Superman was supposed to come out. I, I, don't, I don't remember what, what happened that no, week. It, it was, I think it was Catwoman people were using it as an example because sure. there was nothing in it in that issue yeah thoughts on that later actually i've got, I've got thoughts on catwoman later. Do, you, do you have thoughts on catwoman not the book the character <laughs> right okay the character anyway uh, so, so, so yeah. matt gave that an a i am going to concur with that and give it an a also um not quite as good as action but really really solid and excited to see what they do with the legion what, what score did matt give action did you say the score at 8.5 he gave action i did i'm sure i did okay. but yeah, right, fair enough uh, which is, is annoying actually because that's 3 for 3 that me and Matt have given the exact same score uh, did you not give action a 9? oh you're right I did give action a 9 you're right okay never mind I'll take it back say I, I pay attention sometimes look my memory's not what it used to be alright it's just what it is anyway what does that take us on to? that takes us on to Z Flash issue 77 Joshua Williamson writing with Rafa Sandoval on art so this is continuing off the cliffhanger where the Black Flash was coming for uh, this, the Still Force dude, Steadfast. Steadfast. Um, this issue continues that. It, it does have one scene at the start uh, with the rogues where, uh, you know, Captain Cole with his new suit, with Heatwave with his new stuff, they go and get uh, Weather Wizard and he gets some new stuff. Uh, I will say I don't like how this Weather Wizard looks. Uh well, oh, I, I, I don't know. This whole thing. I'm no longer the weather wizard. I'm, I'm the, you know, her assassin. Ugh. Yeah, sure. Because I, I, weather wizard. We haven't had weather wizard in bloody years. I actually, I do like Cold's like new suit for this, for the purpose of this story and his beard. Like, I, I like the general look that he's got. It's, it's different. Yeah. It's not. I don't want it to be his main look forever, but like, no, as but a, I'm digging the beard. As an alternate for like this story or two, I'm, I'm into it. Do you know what, uh, what the thing is though? He still mostly sounds like cold. Oh, he does, yeah. Weather withered here sounds a bit more raving lunatic than usual. Yeah, no, he does. Um, so, yeah, Barry and the other speedsters like have to save steadfast, and they, they go through the museum and like crisscross and kind of trick him. And uh, I will say it's weird that Black Flash can be tricked with a mannequin wrapped in like a, a cloak. When I assumed that him tracking the speedsters had nothing to do with visuals and was more to do with like sensing the the force. It, to be fair, steadfast says he imbues the cloak with the still force power. Oh, okay, fair enough. I, I missed that um, detail. 
yeah, I mean, I can't, I, I won't find it now that I'm looking for it, but he definitely <laughs> said something to that effect. That's no, that's fair, that's fair. Um, so that's oh, there you go. Im oh. imbuing my cloak with the still force aura worked. So this so. is this issue is Barry then going to the other the other forces we've met. So you know, uh, you know, Furza, the the strength forces are who's fighting King Shark. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know, like. I mostly enjoyed her scene here, uh, for the most part. Um, it was the other two after this, you know, the 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 more villainous one who's got the the sage force and, um, or just him. Yeah, there was, was just one more. Yeah. If so many editors notes. Yeah, a lot of editors notes. Um, I mean, I think the upside to this is that it does feel like they're wrapping up all this force stuff because it feels like they're bringing it all together finally, so they can. I'm, put... uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it being over. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm with uh, I'm with Black Flash on this one. New forces must die. Yeah, no, <laughs> which I definitely read in, in, in the new movie, forces must die. This one even had like you know like uh, you know the the dots after each word for the pauses, and it it just I felt like he was watching that season as he was writing this. <laughs> um. He may, I mean, no, I don't know. I don't know if it would have been long ago enough that he was still watching no, the season. He could have been binging it over the summer. It could have been, yeah. It could have been. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Avery and Kid Flash are, like, helping the city and, like, going off to fight, uh, was it Fallout? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, as far as the art goes, you know, it's Sandoval again. I do think some stuff works. Like, I think a shark looks pretty solid. I think uh, the Furza shark stuff generally looks pretty cool um especially when the yeah. shark bites her arm that was pretty nice rule of thumb is anything that doesn't have barry in it looks all right <laughs> yeah. uh the, the overall because barry's uh hit and miss the overall is just kind of decent but like yeah yeah pretty much that's what it is um and um obviously we don't like the design for, for weather wizard but i don't know if he did the, you know he might not have done the design so it could have been someone else yeah possibly um yeah, so basically the issue ends with the villainous woman, the Sage Force, immediately using his powers. After reading Barry's mind to like, you know, figure out what's going on, he immediately uses his powers to mind control the steadfast dude so that he'll fight Furza. So he immediately double crosses them, which is basically what happened last time Barry. I, I, I'm shocked. Interacted with him. So, yeah. Um, but it does set up that Barry doesn't really have a clue as to how to beat this or how to like save them all from Black Flash. He's just kind of hoping he'll figure something out. Um, which, you know. That's what it is. Uh, the issue's okay. Like, I mean, like, I didn't like it as much as the last issue. I got the last issue because it was Barry trying to make amends and he was, like, interested in the, the, the museum and the the, cl the cliffhanger with Black Flash was pretty fun for the most part. I, I, I liked the last issue a bit more, even though it wasn't perfect. This issue was a bit more in the just kind of decent range, you know? Yeah, I'm just... Uh... Like, you know, when it's, it's doing the roll call of, you know, the, all the characters we introduced during the past, you know, 20-odd issues. Mm. I'm just like, uh, right, okay, I, I guess we we have to reintroduce that. And, of course, we have to use them because we're doing, the, the you know, the, the force war, I'm going to call it. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for these to be done. I'm, I'm fatigued of this whole i think i think the sad yeah. part is is that if i liked all these characters this would actually be a really cool moment where they all come together finally it would probably feel exciting but as yeah. it is i'm just like well that's half the issue just collecting them and just doing that still better than year one yeah 
I'm, I'm saying it quite happily. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd argue with that. So, um, what, are you, what are you giving Flash? I give it like a six. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Six, six sounds about right for me as well. Yeah. Given that you you said we think that it's only Matt's top five, he said <laughs> things for. I'm going to assume he didn't send anything for Flash. Nah, he's not read Flash, or he's, at least he's not said anything for Flash. Um, that's it. This may all be. This may actually just be everything he's read anyway, and maybe he just specifically read the five he thought he'd like the most because they were the most important to him. Could be. Yeah. And time for the show, so uh, that would make sense. Um, so many questions to ask Matt next week before we move on though I will tell you about patreon.com slash mailfuzztv uh, you can go there and support us for as little as $1 per month and keep all the all the content coming keep the podcast coming uh, of course d- directly related in terms of bonuses there's bonuses for a lot of the shows we do on there uh, but for comics me and Connor uh, do a, a single issue discussion thing uh, right now we're working through Gotham Central uh, one issue um, every week or so one of those goes out uh, but uh, we keep that coming and you get that for $1 per month uh, but you can support us for as much more though and get your name at the end of the video or whatever else go and have a look see make, make us read terrible books you can do you can make people read terrible books uh, me and Connor specifically so uh, go have a look but that's patreon.com slash TV. that'll take us on to Justice League issue 30 Scott Snyder and James Tynion the fourth writing with Jorge Jimenez on the art so we got the return of the legion this week and Superman. Yep. We also end this book with the return of the Justice Society. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and I, yeah, I, I don't know how this will fit with Doomsday Clock, if it at will. all. I, I'm telling you now, Doomsday Clock is no longer continuity. It's in my continuity. I don't it, no, no, no. It, that's fine. It's no <laughs> longer the official DC. It's not what it was planned to be. And I don't know if that's a case of it was delayed so much and they were like we can't hold back this that long and then they just went ahead or if some of the delays are editorial changing their minds and went you know what we're doing it in Justice League now sorry Doomsday Clock change your plans Doomsday uh, Clock's the best thing DC's put out in the last three years and I'm going to maintain that oh I'm not I'm not disputing that I'm not disputing the level of quality it's a phenomenal book I'm just saying I think it is no longer the, the continuity landmark that it once was supposed to be. Because too many things don't... Alfred's still alive in that book. I mean, I mean, you know, maybe things in Batman will change, but still. There may be some weird reason at the end of Doomsday Clock for everything, or... I don't know. I'll find out next year. It won't be next year, don't say that. <laughs> also, hit your mic. It's doing that thing with the cables. So this book opens with, um, it annoys me, you know what, because this is nowhere near as good as Doomsday Clock. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know book... what, I like this book a lot, and I will agree with that. Yeah, it opens with the Justice League fighting Apex Lex, and Lex essentially wins and beats them all, and Perpetua's risen, is like, Doom is coming, uh, it turns out no, no. This is this is Starman explaining all this, showing something that he saw in the the heart of the hyper time. Yeah. But it's like, okay, who are they talking to? Because the Justice League are all behind them. And it's like, no, no. We need more. We need more recruits. And then you see the the big page of all the all the all the you know the B listers and so on. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fun. It's a great game. That's a pretty solid page. Um, here's a question though. So Green Arrow and Black Canary are standing next to each other, and not just in the full page with the big group shot, but also on the next page. There's like you know a panel with just those two. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't didn't Green Arrow end with them like breaking up in a very kind of bad way? I think you might be wrong. Am I? Maybe. I don't know. It's been too long. There's definitely a breakup element. I mean, maybe they kissed and made up at the very end. But there was. <laughs> I'm wondering if it was more of a. I, I, I remember it maybe being like a ruse they were doing. They were going along with something. I, I don't know. Someone reminds us what happened in Green Arrow issue fifty because. Clearly, it's causing some uh, uh, so the issue is is victim to some Snyderisms that really wind me up. Um, it is overwritten at points. We have lots and lots of exposition, and the annoying part is that a lot of it is kind of redoing explanations we've had before. To an extent. Don't get me wrong, it's packaging it in a, in a way that's maybe more... It's, it's almost like they're expecting people to just pick up this arc because they've been, you know, hyping it up. They've been... To be fair, they have been saying this is a jumping on point to people. Yes. So... Yes, yeah, so good, good luck with the explanation of all these uh, various uh, energies and shite, if you've not read any of this before. I love... I, I assume one of the panels I think you probably hated was the, the bottom half of the, the next page after you see all the, the B-listers. And it's, yes. you know, it goes through all the, the different you know, forces, spectrums, uh, whatever else there. It's, you know, I love that panel with the, the silhouettes of the heroes and you know, nah, 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 the way nah, it's nah. shaped and the symbols. Ah, yes. No, 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 no. No, 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 So, uh, basically, Starman's got a plan. He's, 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 he's detected parts of the totality in the future and the past. So he's going to send... Some of the cordial sleep to the future, some of the cordial sleep to the past, and all the B listers are there to defend uh, the Hall of Justice. And yeah. Mira and Hot Girl are going to go with uh, the World Forger to try and find the Anti Monitor. Uh, so that everyone's getting their, their, their positions kind of roped up. And Perpetua is awake, she is talking to Apex Lex. Um, there's a very similar page to earlier on where we see all the villains that he's amassed. Uh, much like all the B-listers earlier. Uh, and I'm just saying B-listers to basically just distinguish between the main Justice League and everyone else. Basically, only the Justice League in this scenario is an A-lister. Everyone yeah. else is, is below. But in reality, you know, I mean, like Shazam, for example, I mean, he's, he's borderline. You could kind borderline. Of... Green Arrow is probably on the I, I, I would well. say Shazam and Green Arrow are, are, and even Supergirl and Batgirl, are more A-list than, like, Hot Girl. And I don't mean to upset any Hot Girl fans. I just mean in terms of, like, you know perception perception and hierarchy and popularity and so on um yeah. so here's a question um these villains look a little bit funny some of them um, and i'm assuming this is because they've got like tech and stuff from from lex from the gifts and all that jazz um because you see like the, the the aqua or the the, the manta mech or whatever it was called <laughs> in the background yeah um harley looks ridiculous uh so there's a well, cow to be fair that's mecha harley I'm assuming that's what she's called, given that she's half robotic from from the you know chest down. Her shoulders annoy me. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, but if you if you go from like you know stomach downwards, it's it's all mecha stuff. Sure, but there's a Catwoman standing next to her, right? We're agreeing that's Catwoman of some kind. I agree, it's Catwoman. I suspect it is not Selena. That's a fair assumption. That would make sense because I don't understand why in a million years Selena would go along with any of this damn shit. Because I know in the past that we've played with her, oh, she's kind of a villain and blah, blah, blah. I can't, can't do that right now. Yeah, I can't imagine why they would do that right now. And I also, 
Like, I don't see how... Like, I've not read the recent issues of Catwoman. I don't know what Lex offered her or, or whatever, but I don't know. It just doesn't really jive with me. It doesn't track. And I agree. Um, I'm I'm assuming it's not Catwoman... Uh, not Selina, until I'm told otherwise. I mean, if someone tells me it is and there's stuff been going on that we've been out of the loop on, it's kind of weird for Batman's story and that we're doing a Batman and Catwoman book in, like, three months' time. Um, but, yeah... Can't know it would be damned, eh? Yeah, also Deathstroke's got like a mech suit as well. Where's that? Right in the middle. Oh, oh I see him. I, I just kind of looked over him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not not a giant mech, like the Manta one, just a, a mech suit. It's more of an Iron Man-esque kind of thing. Um, to be fair, I actually quite like the design of that for Deathstroke. They've actually got a... Like, the, the, the Legion of Doom have got a mole in the Hall of Justice and they know what their plan is and... Like, so, oh, let's go show them what to do then. What we find out, though, is that they've actually manipulated the time stream so that when Starman sends back the uh, the, the teams to the future and the, 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 the past, um, they end up in sort of different versions of the world that they weren't expecting to hit, possibly on alternate Earths or possibly on versions of the future and the past that now exist because the, the Legion of Doom Some things have changed. Yeah. I, I suspect that more than alternate Earths in this case. Um, obviously Jaro's delightful as per usual. Oh, Jaro, you know, to tell all those future Robins who the coolest one is. Hmm. I mean, me, Jaro. Yeah. So in the the past, um, and it's like the twenties or whatever it is, uh, New York or whatever. Well, it may not be New York. I mean, it's DC. There's lots of cities this could be, but it's a, you know, it's a city. It's a major city in the sort of twenties era. Um, yeah, has giant. You know, doom symbol flags draped everywhere. And it, it is New York. Uh, uh, John does say it is New York. Oh, he recognizes he? Yeah. the skyline. Um, and then in the the future, uh, the because the future is the Trinity, you know, because it's a Green Lantern and Flash. Yeah, went I to actually the thought that was a weird choice to pair them off like that. Like, don't get me wrong, like I like you you know having a, a Flash and a Green Lantern pairing. It's a it's a traditional pairing. It just seems weird to to stack your your three strongest together and not even out a bit. Uh, uh, but they were into Commandy in the future, yeah. so they've went pretty far into the future. And... Uh, yeah. I, I will say um worst bit of art is on the, this bit in in the future. Uh Wonder Woman's face. I I mm-hmm. don't understand. It's a triangle. It is. It really is. <laughs> it's a triangle. It's, it's uh, particularly bad. The page with Commandy is pretty good though uh, with the the, like the, the the big tigers, the tiger people behind them, yeah. And I, I'm not a commandy, but I've never really read any commandy. I don't know anything about. I've read one commandy story. Yeah, I, I think I might have read like a short in one of those anthology specials, maybe at one point. Probably, but yeah. that's about. It. Uh, but the big, so I actually thought that was the last page when I was reading this. I was surprised when I flipped the page that there was more stuff. I was like, oh, that wasn't the last page. Because oh. that felt like a big last page reveal. Like, don't get wrong, maybe we don't care that much because eh, it's commanding but it's still yeah. a big enough thing to end a com- any normal comic and then there's uh, some energy blasts and then a green energy like around the you know green lantern and uh, flash a, you know a green flame yeah in, in particular so the actual final page is the gsa uh and it's you know you, you in got, the prime yeah you, you got you got uh alan you got jay you got you know uh, wildcat there sand um you know, Airman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fate. Fate, yeah. Well, and a Hawkman as well. Um, 
Of course. Yeah. I mean, obligatory though, right? Yeah, he's always there. Yeah. No, it's just uh, yeah, GSA in the prime. So I don't know. Like, I don't, like maybe this is going to spin into an actual GSA book. I mean, I don't know if they've said that. I don't think they have yet. Not officially, but I would not be surprised. Yeah. I mean, because I'm such a fan of Johnsy's GSA, it is a shame to me not to have that legacy element and have like the younger I characters. Mean, there's no reason that they can't. Um, it could be a case of, you know, we're, we're establishing it here now in the past and reminding these characters that this actually happened, and it's kind of going to become continuity again. Okay. You know, in, in, in the might. same way they've been playing with all of Rebirth, and they can still do the legacy stuff. It might. Um. It doesn't make me wonder though. Maybe they're actually syncing this stuff up with Doomsday Clock better than we were giving them credit for. Maybe, you know, maybe because at this point they've got a rough idea of when the final Doomsday Clock's coming out, and the, <laughs> they've they've been mapping. I mean this, so I don't know. Yeah. And to be fair, this Doomsday Clock issue is only what like just just over two months since the last issue. It's not that much of a gap compared to normal. Is it? Yeah. It's longer than that, surely. Well, we checked. That that can't be right. It's like two months it's, in like two weeks or something like that. It's not. I don't think it it's feels like... like it's been. Maybe it just it feels like it's been longer. But you could be right. I'm not. I'm not that convinced of when it was. The the last issue was at the end of May. Okay, it's three months. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um. <laughs> So yeah, even even it's three months, so it's still hitting before the end of the year. So, just about yeah, it's happening. <laughs> wait, wait, when when's the last Wednesday this year? Because obviously last year they took that off, didn't they? Oh, the last Wednesday is Christmas Day. It might not hit this year. <laughs> well, why 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 are you assuming it's at the end of the month? Just assuming. Has it even been solicited yet? I don't think so. If it's just over three months, though, I mean, it would be like early to mid December. And again, yeah, that's not would... that's not going to be when it would be solicited. That's going to be when it would actually come out. But I mean, the fact that it hasn't even been solicited yet, and we've had November solicits, right? I mean, that could just be them actually being smart and like not soliciting uh, un- until the... unlike what they did with yeah. Shazam. Yeah, maybe they've finally learned a lesson and just to say not to solicit it until it's. Next they know it's one's going to be real interesting to see if it's in December solicits. It, see if it's in December solicits. It feels like a realistic solicit. Maybe maybe no, it does. Maybe it'll get maybe pushed it'll... a little bit, but it feels realistic. It no, it does feel realistic. They like say it might push a bit more, but it's it's plausible. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, so. This is a frustrating issue in Justice League. I, I like the gist of what the opening is doing. I do think it's far too exposition heavy. Um, same, same with the Lex and uh, Perpetua stuff. The, the, the villain stuff wasn't necessarily doing much for me. I do like the back half of the issue a lot though. Uh, the reveals when the plan actually gets going. Because once the plan actually gets going, uh, they stop writing so much goddamn narration and dialogue and just actually do the story. And surprisingly, it's actually pretty fun when they just do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I quite like the first half issue. I like seeing all the other characters interact a little bit more. Uh, I'm always down for throwing in some guy. Uh, and, I got and yeah, I got, I got a story. Cool too. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and I, I liked those panels that you particularly hated, I think, you know, with the, the mm. actual explanations. I, I love the art in the background, especially. Uh, so, you know, I, I like this more than you, unsurprisingly, as, as usual. As usual, yes. Um... This is the second last book I read, and it you know I always end up leaving Justice League till near the end because because it end, does always end up being wordier than almost every other book I read. Is it, it honestly it does feel a bit of a chore at times to 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 get through it? Oh, this was the this was the first thing I read. Um, and yeah, those two pages of exposition, all those narration boxes, just too much, too much. On the other hand, Jaro, you know, yeah, you know, when when he's like, oh, what am I gonna do? And, and stuff, it's chilling like kids, like Jaro, you're a uh... You're president of the plan. I was like, you bet I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love um, it. I don't think Matt gave me uh, Justice League thoughts, actually. What? No, not Justice you know League what? He mentioned something to me earlier in the week. So let me go see in the Maltfuzz Facebook group comics thread. He was talking about it with me. So he's definitely read it. Well, oh. still... See if he said anything... Of, of interest. This is thrilling radio. You searching for he, comments. Uh, he, he was saying um, he's particularly annoyed about the things in Rebirth not lining up continuity wise. Continuity wise, because you know what he's like about continuity, and you know, and uh, uh, Justice League and Superman in particular, um, as oh, and how they're conflicting with what Doomsday Clock should have been. Yeah. And given that we all love Doomsday Clock, it's clear that we'd rather they just follow Doomsday Clock's lead, but hey-ho. Yeah, yeah. Now, it does sound like uh, he liked Justice League. Uh, he said it's very wordy. The last third really makes it so. Probably agrees with you a bit more. Yeah, it sounds uh, like doesn't he's... sound like he loves it, but he definitely loved, uh, really likes the last third. Sounds like he's more in my train of thought. I, I, you, yeah. know what? I, you know, we're about to read it, right? And I, I hate that... I hate that the issue with the JSA... Like splash page where they're back, I hate that I'm not like glowing and praising about the whole issue. It, it, that kind of sucks because because that should have been next issue of Doomsday Clocks moment. It should have been, but it, it should have also just been like a really big deal. It should have been something where I I, I came out feeling super hyped about. And as it is, I think this this is like a seven. Oh, I, I, I'm giving eight point five. You can knock yourself out. I'm giving it a seven. Oh. Uh, so that's Justice League. Uh, which will take us on to Bad Girl, issue 38, Cecil Castellucci uh, writing with Carmen Domenico on the art. So, you know, we were quite into the last issue of this. I think this issue is not quite as tight as the last one. It's a little bit more... Uh... Sprawling with the narration boxes? Yeah. Um, it also just jumps around the plot a little bit more. Uh, whereas last issue, it was like too clear, an A plot and a B plot, and they're moving in a nice order. Uh, it felt really tight in a structural level. Yeah, and and there was there was a bit with, with the Oracle stuff that actually confused me, where I thought they were implying one thing, and then like two pages later, I was like, nope, that doesn't seem to line up. Yeah, because it's a sort of jumping between things. Uh, I do gen, gen, generally like the issue, though. I, I like a lot of what it's setting up. Uh, the terrible trio uh, being a consistent mainstay, I'm digging. Uh, yeah. Them thinking they can trick this oracle and like sell her for scrap and like sell the parts only to find out that she's like really smart and will not be deceived <laughs> yeah and then you know lex holding them unimportant and like, oh, he hasn't heard our greatest hits the society heist the club kid fiasco and the bitcoin baiters yeah bitcoin baiters was particularly amusing to me yeah. um 
And obviously, we suspect that Babs might have created this is like the AI she created to sort of like do some of the Oracle work that, that when she gave it up, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I had assumed, and then they start talking about you know the ancient Greek Oracle, like you know, and I was like. Are they implying that this has been around, and you know, and you know uh, that that there was actually this was I, I think actually that, that oracle? I think that's just better by them speculating, and it's it's almost just for the joke of like the shark being that smart. Is that? Yeah, it, it probably is, but it threw me. I was like, wait, is that what they're implying? And then it, it definitely doesn't feel like it anywhere else. Yeah. So Batgirl got her outfit destroyed in the fight with Killer Moth, which she feels very embarrassed about. And she goes on. She ends up like fashioning a new suit. That's kind of a Frankenstein creation of like a, uh, all of her stitched suits. all these bits together. Like um, you got the the cow, like the a black cowl, and like you know some bits of purple on there. And... Yeah, it looks like the the Burnside jacket, but spray painted grey. But then there's like one knee pad, and it's a whole thing. And I suspect that this will probably be a temporary suit. I imagine she'll get like a proper new suit. Um, yeah, I like it in concept of hey, I've just got to make one work. I don't have yeah. a spare. Yeah. Uh, and Bard, there's an interesting part here actually where Bard gets really because uh, because Babs is like struggling at work. She's like, she's meant to write this speech for uh, Alejo uh, about tech, and she's like, oh god, she doesn't even know how to talk about tech. Uh, it's going to be really difficult. She's but she's really tired and in pain. And Bard like notices bruises on her, and he gets very concerned. And he doesn't make a big deal of it, but I think it's really interesting to address the idea that she walks into like a you know a public place after being beat up in a, a fight with a supervillain. And it looks like she's been beat up, and someone's like showing concern about it. Like, hey, yeah. do you want to talk about this? You've got you got bruises all over your face. Um, it was an interesting thing to bring up. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see if they do much more with this. You know, she even takes them to her gym and says, "Oh, no, I was just a bad training, bad like you know sparring match. Uh, yeah. I got hit a bunch of times." Um, so she kind of like explains it away, but it'd be interesting to see if he keeps thinking. I, I almost wonder if this is going to end up leading to him finding out who she is eventually because yeah. he keeps digging or something like that um but yeah so uh, i will say I, I like the art obviously Gia dominic was really good the, the one issue i have with the art bizarrely is when oracle's going through like different vision modes and she's looking at the terrible trio the one that says it's x-ray and then the one that says it's infrared spectrum i felt like they swapped those two around by accident because uh, where is that the infrared one has just got this sort of yellow kind of like, you know, tint over it and it's got a lot of shading and stuff. And that felt more thermal to me. And then the, the one that it says is infrared looks like it's see-through. It looks like you've seen organs and shit. I think they actually swapped those captions around by accident. <laughs> uh, X-ray. Infrared. No. What do you no, because no? on the infrared, think you can see the hearts um, in particular. A little, and that wouldn't happen with an X-ray. They wouldn't be there at all. It'd be a void space. Uh, the fact that they're okay. showing up, uh, t- like that tells me that is infrared. Yeah, I like that panel though. I think that's that's the worst panel of the whole book. Is that uh, infrared panel? Uh, I don't really have a problem with it personally. I know it just looks really messy. The shark head, especially, it just looks. It's it's weird because the panel above it, the X-ray one, looks so good. <laughs> yeah, I just looks weird because of this because of what infrared looks like it is kind of blurry kind of figures I, mm. it, it, it is what it looks like so it doesn't bother me so yeah babs basically wants to lure out killer moth which she does and she, she, her narration's all like oh to lure a moth you have to have a bright light <laughs> okay it's essentially our, our whole shtick 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, and the terrible trio take this Oracle machine, this robot, to this dealer uh, they know. Uh, Ada. Ada, yeah. Um, and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to, you know, open you up and get a get a, you know, a bit, a bit of an insight of what's under the hood." And Oracle's like, "Oh, you're going to betray me. I don't trust you," and just kills her really brutally. And then the terrible trio go from. There's a great line where it's like, huh, intel gathered, human body breaks at 35% strength. Hmm. Uh, but that's, this is the point where the terrible trio go from pretending to be working for her to probably working for her in, you know, genuinely out of fear. <laughs> yeah. Because now she can just, you know, deal with them. Uh, so they get Killer Moth, you know, Batgirl, uh, you know, tackles them out a window and whatever. Uh, and Bard's like giving Batgirl shit that she should also be locked up for causing all this damage. And so on and so on. Yeah, uh, it's classic. You're a menace, bad girl. Yeah, which would, which would also lead to the idea that he's going to find out who she is. That, that's another like, sort of breadcrumb. Is this idea that he hates Batgirl? Uh, yeah, it's classic, isn't it? But really, is into Barbara. Um, but yeah, it ends with Bab saying, "I'm going to have to turn on the Oracle system and see if I can figure stuff out, find out who the real enemy is, uh, who you know who was giving Moth this stuff." And it's a split pat, a split page at the end, where at the same time Oracle's like, "Oh, I've discovered who who created me." Um, I now have to ruin her. So her now she wants to kill Batgirl. So yeah. uh, they've set this up. Um, yeah, well, we'll all see how the Oracle stuff goes. Uh, is that, cause I, I, that, what I like about it is the trio. The trio is what's making it fun for me Is that in that plot. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but no, it's another solid issue. Maybe not quite as tight as the last one. Uh, so if I'm rating this one, I'm probably going with more of a 7.5 kind of thing. Um. I'll probably give it just a straight seven. Uh, I think it's just a bit too wordy. This I felt was wordier than Justice League. Seemed like this took me significantly longer to read than Justice League did. Uh no, it didn't for me. But I mean, there's fair like, like if you look at that page of uh, where they go to the gym, for example, there's so much narration and dialogue and everything. Like, like and and that's fairly consistent throughout the book, just constantly. Um, it's rare that there's pages of just action, uh, and and that's a shame with Gio Domenico being so damn good. Mm. Um, yeah, well, I mean I don't hate it. Obviously, it's still still pretty good, but just a little a little disappointing after the last issue. I think. Yeah, nothing from Matt on Batgirl. Clearly, he did just do his top five because he he he'd read Justice League and didn't give us in for that. So, um, so he may have read everything that he was supposed to read. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's Batgirl. Uh, that'll take Connor on to Justice League Dark issue 14, since Matt's not here. Uh, James Tyne in the fourth writing with Alvaro Martinez on the art. Yeah, so this uh, opens with like a, a, a dream sequence. We, we have a page first. It's, you know, uh, it's Diana. You know, uh, she's, she's in bed and it talks about you know, the, the magic of dreams. Um, a little bit. You know, and, and the moon in particular and, you know, and how, you know, yeah, the, the moon it's 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 this mystical for you know yeah, it guides the you know the, the the tides which obviously you know it's just gravity but you know it's that the idea that there's this unseen power that you know it has a um a, a significant influence on us that maybe we don't always realize and you know and it references that into dream and she's there and she's in a she's in a, a burning house it's an um and zatara's there and you know, the tower's there on fire, and it's a phenomenally gorgeous image in just this horrifying way. 
uh, he's, he's sat at the table and, and you know, he, he tells me, oh, dreams are useful. You know, you, there's a, there's a clarity in dreams. You know, there's, there's that knowledge that your mind processes that things that it, it might not have wanted to believe otherwise, or, you know, when you're implanted with an idea, you might believe, you know, kind of like inception, you might believe it's your own idea because it came in a dream. Um, and, you know, it, it, it just talks about how, you know, Zatanna's trying to save him and he knows all about it. Um, but that's not what he's here for. He's, he's, he's here to talk to her, uh, you know, Diana specifically, because she's, you know, got all, the, all this magic, you know, that she's attached to. And Tana's like, oh, I let go of that, you know, earlier in the book, um, after the, the witching hour. And he's like, oh, no, it's not as easy as that. It's still there. And just because you think you've got rid of it, doesn't mean it, it is and you know your enemy can still use that and you know she says oh the upside down man and then you know a couple of panels later he appears and just, you know creepy as ever um, and you know it's a terrible, like damn it you shouldn't have used his name uh you know um, the great witching war is about to begin and uh you know now wake up uh, but the wake up is backwards as, as if it was an actual spell and she does and there's some gorgeously framed panels where she sits up, and the you know the the, the almost the, the camera motion rotates with her uh, over a couple of panels. It looks great. She's just staring up at the moon, and uh, she gets on the comms to Satana. She's like, "Oh, I just had you know the strangest dream," and and they're like, "Oh, thank God, we've been trying to reach you for like an hour. Uh, we've got a shitload of vampires. Uh, we could have really used your help." And um, you know, we we could cut to the cut to them there. You know, it's it's all of the team. Uh, you know, we've got two fates. Obviously, neither of them wearing the helmet, but both of them using magic. Uh, Zatanna, Swamp Thing, Chimp, uh, Manbat, all fighting these vampires, and it looks fantastic. Um, but basically, hey, Wonder Woman, can you can you you know ring us back later? Kind of dealing with this. Uh, she's like, oh, well, do you need me there? It's like, well, we're probably a bit late now. We we we're getting the hang of it. Um, a lot of banter between the rest of the team, you know, um, Kent and Kelly, you know, help, you know, training on the, the magic. Um, Chimp being very annoyed that he, if he gets turned into a vampire, he's going to bite all of them. And Manbat's, you know, a bit offended because, you know, he's like, ah, you know, you're basically halfway there already. Um, Swamp Thing is creating stakes for them. Like, you know, he's just popping them out of his body going, here you go. Um, but he is struggling. You know, he talks about how you know the, this is a you know a place of death. They've salted the ground, so he's, he's struggling to grow. You know, there's not enough nutrients for him, so they're running out of stakes. Uh, so the, the fates do a big, basically create a small sun, and burn all the vampires in there. And um, yeah, it's pretty great image. Again, you know, the, the art in this book is top tier. Uh, it really is fantastic. Uh, we've got a small scene in the Oblivion Bar. Uh, Diana comes in, visits Constantine, you know, to get some advice, going, hey, do you, do you know what's going on? And Constantine basically says, hey, you know, it's someone you've got a history with. You know, it's going to be, you know, all this, that, and the other. And uh, basically, you know, Diana comes to the conclusion, it's, uh, it's Cersei. It's, it's been her from the beginning behind all of this. And, we, you know, that, that's uh, pretty much the end of her plot as... Uh, Little page with the rest of them cleaning up uh, in the uh, the church kind of place that they were fighting all the vampires. I think it was a church. Um, there's like a little ferret or something that that chimps having some problems with. 
and then the ferret runs off, and it, it's uh, it's one of Clarion's uh, familiars. Um, and he is, seems to have Manbat under some sort of spell. So Manbat is a um, kind of an inside man. Not willingly, it seems. He definitely seems to be doing something to him. But uh, Manbat is very self-doubting. He's talking about, you know, he's a, he's a fraud, and what if they find out? And he, uh, Clarion wants them to to make a. You have to make it a, 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 a new serum, uh, you know, a new Mamba serum that'll be particularly frightening. Um, so we're probably going to get Mamba turned on them later, although obviously not entirely by choice. Um, but uh, we we follow Clarion. He teleports away, and we're in uh, Jamaica, as we're told. And we've got Grundy, who is kind of half dead. Uh, it's I, I don't know where this happened. I don't remember seeing it like this, but he's kind of ripped apart. His brain's kind of exposed. He's not talking properly. Um, he can't even say, you know he can't even say his name properly. You know, half his brain's rotted away. Uh, is what we get. We got Papa Midnight here, uh, the Floronic Man um, with Clarion, like we say, and you know and then out steps Cersei, you know, and, and basically is hey hey you know we're you know we're gonna fight their Justice League Dark. The Witching Wars begun. Um, you know, we've we've probably got you know they'll they'll believe they've got enough to stand against you know our power, but there's one more that we're going to recruit and they're all going to fail, and this is where the moon imagery all comes back around, and reveals that they're about to recruit Eclipso, uh, which is a, a great last last panel reveal. Uh, so this is the the unjust injustice league dark. I think they're gonna they've been referring to them in the solicits. So it's it's Cersei Grundy. Floronic Man, uh, Clarion, Papa Midnight, and then soon to be Eclipso, which is a uh, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm digging this. This issue was uh, really great, actually. Um, art in particular was standout. Um, multiple scenes just utterly gorgeous, and the the team banner is all on point when they're when they're all together. Uh, it's great to see, and I'm um, really into this uh, this final tease. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Uh, the Witching War is the name of this arc. This is part one, so uh, this is uh, this is what we're doing for the next you know, six or so issues, I imagine. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. I give it a 8.5. Hmm. Matt said, Cersei proving to be a threat. I love how Tynan has Manbat on a clayface story. Clarion had a bad haircut, <laughs> zombie Grundy, chaos vampires, and then it's leading to Eclipso. My only problem is how this plays into the Justice League um, Suicide Squad stuff from 2016. Uh, art was great too. Oh yeah, Eclipso was a whole thing in that, wasn't it? Yeah. I'd forgotten about that, to be honest. Yeah, that was the last time he was a big thing in anything. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I'll be honest, I forgot that existed. Well, luckily, Matt's here to remind you. Yes, um, he is our resident continuity wonk. Well, I wasn't paying as much attention, so I didn't realize there was any contradictions. I remember Eclipse in that story, though. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was if it is necessarily a contradiction, because I can't remember how that ended with Eclipso. Because at the minute, it's just, you know, she said, oh, we're going to recruit Eclipso. And there's an image of, you know, the eclipse in the moon, you know, the, the crescent moon. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, traditional Eclipso imagery. Um, but... I have no, I don't know why this necessarily has to contradict that because I can't remember how it ended. Yeah, uh, Matt gave it an eight point five as well. So there you go. Uh, cool. So we'll move on then to Dial H for Hero, 
which is issue 6, Sam Humphrey's writing with Joe Quinones on the art. And this issue is fairly straightforward. It's Summer becomes a superhero uh, to try and sort out the city. Because everyone in the city became superheroes, there's a plane falling out of the sky, there's like chaos in the streets, and all these new heroes don't necessarily know what they're doing. Some of them are causing more problems than good, not necessarily intentionally, just because chaos. And yeah. Miguel is inside the uh, the hero verse and is basically giving a, getting a pep talk that he has to kind of rise up and go and save people. That he's, he's not useless, that he can become something special. He just has yeah. to believe in himself. And he's given a new hero dial, the the cyan hero dial, as yes. opposed to the, the red, although I suppose it won't be red, but eventually will it? It'll Magenta. Be... Magenta, thank you. Yes. Um, what's the K? Because at the end we see that there's like four slots, and obviously you have uh, magenta, cyan, and yellow, but what's the, what's the K? What's the fourth? Um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I don't know. Black or white? I guess, but it's got an M again, McKay. Just going by that page. Uh, so, no. Uh, and Miguel becomes Miguel, or Super Miguel, sorry. I was going to say Miguel, man. Uh, Super Miguel. Yeah. Um, and he's very Superman-inspired, kind of ripping it off. Uh, all doubt of the fact of uh, the original uh, Dial H character doing Jor-El's speech from Superman the movie. Until until yeah. the final line where he kind of sort of had to you know fudge it, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. when he's off to save a plane, he's like Superman, please don't sue me for copyright infringement. Yeah, uh, so actually, I really like. There's a few pages in this where they have like what Summer's doing in the city, just going around as this hero, like saving people. Uh, but they have like a, a second page overlapping it, so it's kind of hiding a lot of what she's doing. You just see like glimpses of it around the side, and you yeah. have Miguel in the hero verse and a different art style, different coloring. Uh, having his conversation and being getting his pep talk and like being convinced, and it's, it's literally a comic within a comic because it even has its own credits page, you know, yeah. and stuff. You know, it's great. Yeah. So yeah, and you know, he again, the art even changes a little bit when he shows up. It's a lot more. I want to say it almost wants to be Alex Ross. It's, they're sort of emulating like an Alex Ross uh, kind of like. Um, yeah, because there was a page like of that same style right at the start, the uh, the title page. Mm. Uh, it reminded me of like Astro City. Mm, I can see that. And he's trying to like hold up the plane, but he's failing. You know, he he loses a part of it. An engine explodes, and ultimately he's trying to convince himself that he can do this. And ultimately, it's actually two or three other heroes from the city who have also been made by the dial who eventually get up there and like help him carry it. So it's you know strength in numbers, unity. Yeah. So, on. but my favorite part of this though is after they land the plane in the park, he, the next page you just see what he's landed in front of, and he's he's yeah. kneeling in front of the Superman statue with the you know with the with the Falcon or whatever. Uh, or the eagle, probably. It's probably an eagle. Yeah. Um, that was a really nice moment. Like the the oh. way this is connected to his love of Superman and his like want to be Superman and like respect of Superman has really been a, a, the heart of the book for me. I think. In a lot it of has, ways. and I'm I'm so glad we're getting more. We're getting at least another six issues. Yeah. But this doesn't feel like they changed plans at all to accommodate for that. This feel like no. This was what the final issue always would have been. It's just we're getting more. Yeah, um, although there is some setup with uh, Mr. Thunderbolt. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a couple of, you know, but that tease could have been there anyway and just been like, oh, you know, and it would be like, oh, maybe, you know, the next mini, we'll, we'll get that. And they just extended it. But uh, most of the issue feels like, no, this this was a natural conclusion. And then, oh, hey, here's a tease for some more stuff. And uh, I'm absolutely okay with that. Yeah, so he's going to try and get all the phones. And what happens once he gets all the phones uh, well, he says he's going to, you know, take over the multiverse, but I mean, exactly how is something we'll 
we'll learn um yeah. and that's the big tease at the end uh, no really fun uh, i've enjoyed this mini a lot and i was not expecting much from it uh, before it came out uh, i was pleasantly surprised yeah. and i actually think it's gotten tighter as it went along as well i think i liked the first couple issues but it definitely felt a little bit more all over the place with all the introductions yeah, and... yeah. um humphreys has been solid like i say is got better as it's gone on and you know it's 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 got a little bit of heart to it and the writing's solid but Quinona's is the the hero of this book Oh yeah, undoubtedly. All the different art styles, the way it integrates them and mixes them up, all that stuff is just next level. It's spectacular. It really is. Uh, and it's not even like he's just returned to the same two or three. Like every issue has got a new style that's not been there before. Yeah, and this issue in particular, with all the heroes, is all over the place uh, in a, in a great way. Yeah, there's that joke page where it's like a double page spread where it's like all the different random heroes and the the narrate the, the not narration but the the speech bubble saying this is this hero they became this with the power of the H D O it's about to do the the flashback uh, origins the for origin them stories, but you yeah. don't get them because there's too many so they just it keeps cutting itself off. Yeah, uh, but then like the the page after that you have like a panel with like six or seven heroes on it all in different styles. Uh, yeah, and also it's, it's great. Uh, you know. As he's trying to lift up the plane as well, he um you know he remembers that speech from Superman about uh, he can't save all of us you know you promise you'll help kind of thing. And that's kind of what inspires him to, yeah. um you know, you know get the job yeah. done. Uh, delightful, delightful stuff. Um, I am going to go as far as say this is a nine out of ten. I, it's your yeah, I'll agree. I'll give you, I'll give it the nine. I think the the art in in particular pushes it up. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, which does take us on to the final book of the week, and that is Batman: Curse of the White Knight, issue two. Sean Murphy writing and art, of course. Um, I bet Matt's left notes on this one. He has indeed. He has indeed. Uh, so yeah, more flashback stuff about how quite uh, extensive flashbacks this issue as well. Yeah, how the the wane of the time was kind of roped in to training to become uh, a Castlevania character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it starts with him. You know, he's living in London, and you know, and uh, the the knight. Uh, what was his name? Bracca, something like that. Bacchus. It was something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, well, yeah, isn't that the priest to treason? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he kind of recruits him. He's like, "Hey, you know, we need you to go to Gotham." Yeah, and and this is clearly like the, the like the the lineage of uh, Azrael, right? Or the Saint Damas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, yeah, we have to go and you know take care of the Arkhams in Gotham. You, you've got claim to this land because of your lineage. Um, and you know him like cop- chopping off heads and stuff out in the carriage. When he's on the carriage, and you know all the 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 ninja stars come flying out. Oh, what a panel! And then the, the panel beneath it when the uh, the the knight's helmet comes flying off with the decapitation. Yeah, and he's training on the boat on the way there, and then the the flashback ends with uh, them just about to arrive at Gotham, and then we find out that Bruce. This is this is the the thing that Alfred left for Bruce. He's reading this um this yeah. this journal, uh, and then we're we're introduced to this character, uh, this woman who basically insists that he not reveal who he is to the world. Uh, that she actually works, you know, all the she she basically works for all the elites, as uh, as Napier put it. Um, yeah. Where, you know, like, not only will all of his like criminals be released because they were caught by Batman or whatever, and not only will Wayne Enterprises, you know, 
all of, all of the employees of Wayne Enterprises lose their jobs, but the entire economy will probably be crippled, and tons, you know, thousands if not millions of people in the city will end up losing their jobs because Bruce Wayne actually coming out as Batman would completely, you know, alter the foundation everything. of everything. Yeah. Um, and she gets very, you know, get very uh, in his face about it. Um, yeah, very blunt. And he wants to expose her. Um, and of course, the big thing here is that Gordon announces that he's going to run for mayor. But right as he's doing this, Joker shows up. He gets arrested, but he reveals that Barbara's Batgirl before he does so, um, or yeah. as he does so. He's actually on his on his face is down the ground. He's been handcuffed. Yeah, Gordon's got him already, and it's just it's too late. Yeah, uh, and he's not. You know, obviously, Gordon's not happy about this when he speaks to Barbara about it, about all these lies. He's not happy about Batman either for for being a part of this secret. Uh, Jean Paul is uh, building a little team uh, to go after Batman. Yeah, they're going to take out the key players. He's got a, a sniper, demolitions expert. Mm-hmm. Got, got a nice little team building, and that's actually kind of what the issue builds up to. Not to gloss, gloss over where Batman goes to see Harley, uh, who's pregnant. Just yeah, just drop that on us, of course. Um, but you know, no, Asriel gets all geared up uh, with his team. Um, and he has them all kind of wear his colors, and yeah, that that full page of him with the the flaming sword, the the rifle, all in full uniform. Holy shit, that's a gorgeous image. It's very nice. So what this issue is really building up to is them attacking the Batcave, and they've hacked in, and they basically turn on every Batmobile and Batplane and get them firing, so that it's just chaos in the Batcave. Uh, Batman's able to kind of like detach one of them from the the net basically <laughs> so it can't be affected yeah. uh rips out his computer uh so he has one batmobile that he tries to escape on it's just it's a great action sequence it's him like bursting you see the dinosaur goes over so it's just yeah, absolutely yeah. it feels epic it feels like the entire bat cave it's is just pure carnage and you know and, and as you know the, the front pages you know driving away the, the whole away manor seems to be going up yeah it's just blowing up um so this is some sort of deconstruction of batman where you know, he's thinking of uh, revealing who he is, but he's kind of changed his mind. Gordon didn't want him to, but now he does um, because of what he's found out about Barbara. You know, it's, it's yeah. basically this uh, this idea that, you know, at some point in these flashbacks, uh, it looks like we're going to see the Wayne betray. Because, you know, the, the Asriel, the, the, the Damascus guy, wants half of Gotham. And, it look, you know, as far as we know, he never gets it. <laughs> you know, yeah, because... yeah. And, and, and John Paul's like, that Batman, he stole it all from us. Yeah. Oh no! Well, not Batman, Bruce Wayne specifically. But, yeah. You know. So, you know, um, a lot of fun action in there, a lot of good art because uh, Murphy's great as as per usual. Um, yeah. I didn't like this issue as much as the first one. I think because it it didn't feel like there was enough in the middle for me. The the middle stuff felt like it was a lot of a hodgepodge of all these little things. Uh, the ending's great, and the opening flashbacks great. Oh, I love this issue. All those things that are in the middle. That you know, you're saying oh, a bit of a hodgepodge. I thought we're all fascinating uh, in in setting up these plot threads as where we're going. That's fair. Um, I, thought, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. I just it wasn't as tight for me as, a, as structurally speaking as the first issue. No, fair enough. I, I will say is, holy crap! I'd read a book of just the flashbacks. Sure. Like just that story released. Yeah, you, know, you could have written that, and I'd have been so into it. I'm not wearing my Arkhamvania shirt, but. Uh... It would have been appropriate. There's a reason why I named the episode last month with the first issue of this Arkhamvania. Um It was the obvious choice. It was the only choice for that episode. Uh, let's see what Matt says, shall we? Uh, about it. 
Very, very broken up, simple thoughts here. Everything with Asriel, conflicted Bruce, Joker playing both sides, pregnant Harley, question mark. That's all he said. <laughs> okay. Um, I missed all of that because everything froze. I thought I thought everything had cut out and I, and I don't know if I was frozen on your end. No. No. I was checking, see, I thought, my neck gone? Like, everything just completely stopped. Uh, we, we were still talking about something um, last time I was saying something. Okay. Well... No, uh, very. He basically just summed up uh, the various things. Um, he shocked at pregnant Harley, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. What did he give it? You give it a nine. You give it a nine. Okay. Who are you giving it? I'm also giving it a nine. I give it an eight. Uh, so there you go. Curse of the White Knight. Um, could see how that goes. Uh, so there you go, that was the last book. That is actually uh, all all of the 10 books that we were going to talk about today. Um, of course, Matt will be back next week, and this is taking us on to our section where we pick our favourite stuff of the week. Top 5, do our best panel slash moment, best art, uh, and uh, best cover. So, as I get up diamonds so I can look at the covers, what was your uh, moment slash panel of the week? Oh, that's tough. There's a, there's a few good ones, but... And, and I want to be, you know, I, I want to pick something from Dal H, like that Superman panel. I want to pick something from White Knight, like the big Azrael moment. But I'm going to be a self-parody. I'm going to pick the JSA. What are you going to do? That was a great page. I I don't think I can give it to it, though, just because I, the issue, I don't think it built up to it just quite as well as I wish it had. Um, I'm actually going to go with Dial H. I'm going to go with that page of him in front of the Superman statue, like that moment of realizing that he's just done something that Superman would do. Uh, yeah, it's a, it? it's a phenomenal moment. It's a beautiful moment. Um, so that's my pick. Uh, cover of the week. Uh, actually, no, well, Matt's uh moment. Uh, toss up between Legion of Superheroes and Superman in GSA and Justice League. <laughs> he is that is so self parody. It's uh, do you know what's really bad is. We're talking about all this. I forgot the Legion was this week as yeah. well because that was so long ago that you mentioned that. So that's the thing. Um. So no, that's cool. Um, best cover of the week. Uh, what you got? Uh, I'm looking now because it's it's basically boils down to either the Middleton Batgirl variant mm-hmm. or. or one of the white knight covers to be honest because i love both of those i think the action variant is pretty solid for me it is the batgirl variant uh for matt it's actually the 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 batgirl variant it says white knight variant is good too but batgirl is his pick uh batgirl's my pick too uh just for the sake of being different i'm gonna go with the the regular cover for for white knight but i mean only because i'm just being different art of the week go Oh, that's so unfair this week because you you've got you got Murphy, you got Marquez, you got Canonas, you got Giudomenico. Oh man, uh, so many good artists. It's it's. Uh, it's uh, I don't even think um, Martinez on 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 Justice League Dark. I'll give it to Murphy, probably. But all of them on on other weeks, all of them could have won. Okay. Um, I am. I'm gonna go with Murphy as well, but 
Those it are is fine. one of those weeks. That, you know, there are there are some weeks where none of them are particularly stand out, and you go, "Well, that one was probably the best." And then there's weeks like this where there's four or five genuinely great art artists at work, and you're like, "Oh man, this is this is unfair to some of them." Yeah, um, Matt. Uh, we picked Murphy, but he did add. Uh, but Jimenez was pretty damn good too. Actually, why is this not giving me the full sentence? Come on. Um, yeah, as was uh, Kudransky in action. Yeah, action was pretty good too. Like if I was if I was listening and he's also loved Marquez and uh, Batman Superman. So again, he had, he had like four picks that he could have went with. Uh, yeah, it's one of those weeks, isn't it? Uh, all right, top five books. I always make Matt go first, so I'll do his first. Uh, so his number one was Curse of the White Knight. Number, his number two was Just League Dark. His number three was Action Comics. His number four was Superman. And his number five was Batman Superman. What's your top five? Curse of the White Knight. Dial H, uh, Justice League Dark, Justice League, and Wonder Woman. And, you know, it's it's a really nice, solid week when I genuinely love all my top five books. Yeah. Uh, my number one is Action Comics. My number two is Dial H for Hero. My number three is... Probably... Batman Superman. Number four... Curse of the White Knight, number five. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I, I, I had a lot in a very similar place after the first couple. I, I, I had to really think about where I was. I mean, it was obviously not going to be Flash. It was obviously not going to be um, Justice League for me, but... Yeah. yeah. You know, so... That's what it is. Um, there you go. Uh, so I will tell you what's coming next week. Uh, Probably not much because it's a week one, right? I, don't I mean, know. there is Doomsday Clock. So they've been a bit different. Um, they've been a bit different recently. Um, so yeah, coming next week, we have da, 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 uh, Batman v's Raz al Ghul number one. That's the start of a mini. Yeah, that's a, that's a Neil Adams one, right? So we'll be skipping that. Out. Yeah, I, I can remember what it was. Uh, we have deceased a good day to die issue one. So that's just this, the 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 one yeah, shot, aka the deceasing. Yeah, you've made that joke every single time. That's because it's there as the cover, and I want it. Can I just finish the, the list? Do you have to cut in with a comment for everyone? Yes. Well, I wasn't gonna, but now I am. Deathstroke forty seven is out. Uh, we also have um, did a Doomsday Clock eleven, of course, which is the main event of the week, easily. Uh, we oh, have yeah. Green Lantern 11, we have Harley Quinn 65, we have Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy issue 1 of 6, that many starts next oh, week. I didn't realise that was starting as early as it is. Which one is that? Because there's like three Harley books That's starting. That's the Jody Hauser one. That's the Hauser one, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we will probably definitely be trying that then. Um, Justice League 31 is out, so you can tell that 30 was delayed because 31's already back to good back, to go. Yeah. Uh, we got Legion of Superheroes Millennium issue 1, so obviously me and Matt will be reading that, uh, Bendis. Uh, Lois Lane issue 3 is out, of course. And we have Superman Up in the Sky, which is the Tom King Superman book. I'm still reading that, so I'll, I'll be checking you out know that. What? That's a fairly busy week after all that. With the, with the new books added, you know, things that are, that are going on. and um, they're not. It's not a huge amount of books, but there's a lot of big books in there. Well, yeah, I've got like six. No, seven. I've got seven books. Yeah, so, so that's an average week, I'd say. It is, but, you know, we're... When one of them's Doomsday Clock, I mean, that counts for like three books worth of discussion on its own. 
But hey, uh, so that's what's coming next week. Um, oh, and I did ask people on Twitter what, they, what their favourite stuff of the week. I should have done that before I told you it was coming next week, admittedly. But I did remember. I did remember. So Very very late, much like when you asked. Give me peace. Uh, so uh, at on K underscore dog 338800, uh, Batman Superman is the only choice for the, the book of the week. Uh, Joshua Ellison has the perfect voices for the Batman Superman dynamic. The way Superman, it actually says the way Duperman describes Batman's personality just by his Batcave is perfect. Uh, at Comb Factor, my favourite was Batman Superman issue 1. Great to have a book. Focusing on their friendship again, I am really excited to see where the book goes. Uh, at Carve underscore Nelson says, Nothing stood out for me, but a lot of good books like Justice League and Freedom Fighters. Still need to read Justice League Dark. Batman and Superman, or so Batman Superman was better than I expected. So a lot of praise for that. Um, and then a sort of jokey one here just to round out. Uh, at Glenn Reads Comics said, can I nominate a Marvel book this week? And I said, sure, whatever. Well, hang on. Before you get there, if it's not Thor, the, you know, the, the final issue of Aaron's Thor, not counting King Thor, then, then they're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's not Thor, is it? Not even close. Honestly, because I always thought uh, this, this was a DC podcast. Haha. <laughs> uh, but since I have your approval, my book of the week goes to Venom 17. Part of the absolute carnage story arc, this book is the culmination of a few different uh, tie-ins. Well plotted, well executed, and just plain damn fun. So uh, I have to admit, I haven't read that yet, but I am looking forward to the uh, uh, the the first issue of Absolute Carnage. Caught me off guard on how freaking good it is. Hmm. Like holy shit! And I, I, don't, I don't care about Carnage. I don't give a shit. But man, that issue was fantastic. So fair enough. I mean, there's no Thor, but fair enough. All right. Uh, so yeah, you can uh, of course uh, support the podcast by rating us on your podcast app. Usually, Apple Podcasts is one of the most popular ones. Give us five stars on there. Uh, let us know what you thought of the books, of course, and the comments and all that stuff. And like and subscribe, all the usual things. As we said earlier, go to Patreon. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, that is us. Uh, check out all the stuff we do. Of course, we have a bunch of movie podcasts and uh, TV shows that we've oh, yeah. week. We had an extensive section at the start talking about screens. We did, we did. Uh, so check out all that other stuff. And yeah, this has been episode 170 of Comics from the Multiverse. Uh, so we'll see you next time for 171. Uh, but keep reading comics, keep reading DC comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.